Hi, I'm Dan Parent, and I work for Archie Comics and do Die Kitty Die, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. I swore you were going to do the ho-ho-ho. But you didn't. Grinch. Well, you're usually the Grinch, and especially on a day like today, we should be opening presents with each other, but... but I think that David's columns could be a Wow. Damn. I mean, it was well-written, but it came right out of it. I, I can feel the transfer of the blue placard. Away from Jason. Vince, did he not come right at us? Vince is like, I'm going to pretend no. like I know what you're talking about because I didn't know what you <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you guys write so good. <laughs> it's like, shit, I knew I should have written a column before tonight. Unbelievable. Oh, it's going to be one of those nights. Oh, you did that. Didn't have time. See, if it's in the column, David. I didn't have time. He doesn't like previews, but he knows two other people who love previews. Mm-hmm. Us. I know that would be the other two. Yeah, I get it. Y'all making it? And we. It, you, it's like the Sears Wish Book. It, of course. It is, and it comes out every month. Oh. <laughs> Next yeah, week, you have your little laugh. That's okay. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> I mean, you've been what? It's, you've been putting in seventy hour, seventy hour weeks at the job. It's hard to, it's hard to find time to read columns. No, no, I read twelve issues of the Vision. <laughs> okay. See, what do you want me to do? We're all like, "Hey, this is great. You got to read at it." Least, and I read it. At least it, 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 the year was still, you know, on. Well, well you I buried the lead. Why don't you? That's exactly why I read it. Other than Jason, you know, recapitulating right. on it. No, it's it's true. The whole narrative built around. We haven't, we, we, we haven't had a Ghost Rider in a while, so it's good. It's good. Ghost Rider. <laughs> he doesn't even remember. <laughs> that stings, doesn't it? That it does. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I'm even now. All right. All We're right. Good. All right, Chris. Yeah. Wait, remind me about Ghost. Hey, everybody! It's eleven o'clock, comics. I feel like I just got. I got. I feel like I just got sniped, but I don't even know why. Ever <laughs> come to you? Huh. <laughs> Back in the bus up, ding, 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 ding. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 452. I'm Vince B. You are. I am David A. Price. Are you sure? I am. I am. Because <laughs> I am Burger Meister Meister Burger. Oh, I just watched that last night. <laughs> it's so great. Like, I'm not one for Christmas shows, but that one I have to watch every year. Yeah, it's so great. You are not Burger Meister Meister Burger because you like toys. I love toys. And who doesn't love toys? More than my sons, I think I like toys. I'm feeling it. Yeah, it's so sad. My son is not into the Power Rangers anymore. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Any movie will rekindle his love for it. I don't know. We're, we're walking. We're walking down the toy line. He goes, "That's the new Megazord." <laughs> so wow. I was like, "I don't know. We'll see." I'm not a big fan of it either. So he is smart, but it just hurts my soul that that he doesn't have all the the Zords on his dresser anymore. They've been replaced by sports icons. You know what's interesting about the Power Rangers movie? Uh, in the previews that I've seen, they haven't shown the Zords. The Zords at all. 
I don't know, but the one we, the one we saw at um, the store is one we haven't seen before. So I was just, uh, you know, how I like to assume that it is the Zord for the movie because it was all chromed out, and I'm sure it is. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting that you that they're not making that a big selling point of the film. That's the whole mythology of Power Rangers is the Zord, right? Uh, yeah, the central so, thing. So, so far, the previews have essentially been Breakfast Club get superpowers. Yeah, so I'm not a fan of that movie either. Um, <laughs> we'll see. But no, you're not. What do you hate more, Exchanging Presents or the Power Rangers movie? <laughs> uh, exchanging Presents. I figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are. N- Where is this going? You are not Burger. You didn't need the ho 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 at the beginning. Of oh, 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 you're not the Burger Meister, Meister Burger. You're Jason Wood, and we're all here together again on this. Which we like to call our holiday episode. That's what we like to call it. That's what we do call it. And you know what? You're gonna oh, get oh, oh, you like me now. Y'all gonna get so much money from your Christmas people out there that there's only one place that you should spend it, and that's Discount Comic Book Service because they will stretch. They will be the Reed Richards of your dollar bill because it would stretch to amazing proportions at DCBService.com. You can get. From Marvel, Rob Liefeld is doing a Deadpool original graphic novel. It's OGN, a, son. Yes, it's a hardcover. It's called Bad Blood. It's uh, it's got a parental advisory, and you can have right, and you can have it for a paltry twelve dollars and forty nine cents. That's fifty percent off the cover price. Um, I need the, art from it. I need art from it. Well, did you contact Mr. Liefeld and put a, a a post-it note on a piece yet? I haven't yet, but I do intend to do that because I need that domino love from him. Well, you best get on it. And it's, you know, it is Rob, so it's not going to be cheap. Not as expensive as you think. Well, not as cheap as I would like either. Um, yeah, but you'd like things like free. That's right. From DC, we have uh, writer Mark Russell, artist Steve Pugh on the amazing Flintstones trade paperback volume one, collecting issues one to six of this awesome series. Cover price is sixteen ninety nine. Respect. You, however, because you're smart and go to DCBService.com, can get it for a lousy $8.49, 50% off. And last but not least, I double-dipped on the DC this month only because they're teaming up with Boom for the Planet of the Ape Green Lantern number one. Robbie Thompson's writing it. Barnaby Begenda's drawing it. Oh, goodness me. It's three ninety nine cover price. Your price is $1.99. Where are you going to get it cheaper? Answer, you're not. Anywhere. Nobody's going to have this for a buck ninety nine, except DCBService.com. Are they at your door right now? That was them. It's a box. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Christine is here. You ain't going home. All right. What do we got? Yeah. You brought them all. What do we have here to drink? You, thank you. Um, do, would you like me to go first? Sure. Sure, if you want to mix it up. Go ahead. All right. I'll mix it up. Well, <clears throat> my secret Santa in the 11 o'clock comics gift exchange was Tommy Flick. And in addition to a bunch of comics, he sent me some uh, some ROMs and some Marvel Ages, um, some I didn't have, which is nuts because Get out of town at, at, at the tail end of the Marvel Age, I kind of dropped off. 
and he sent me post 100 issues. I don't have many of them. So awesome. Um, Conan, bunch of stuff. Um, what else? Oh, two books that he was a uh, contributor to called Children of Light. Uh, not only a contributor, he did it all by Tommy Flick. So he sent me two of those and a small um, mini comic called Social Sump that he did with Eric Nisley, which is pretty cool. That's my nizzle. Cool looking. Uh, but, but, he sent me two packages. One with the book, two with the beer. What the is, beer. The, what is going on? Uh, from Great Lakes Brewing Company, I am drinking Burning River, which is a pale ale. And there's also Sweet Baby Jesus from Duclaw Brewing Company. It's a chocolate peanut butter porter. And I'm gonna drink a bottle of this on air. Um, because I tend to not like um, chocolate and peanut butter in my beer, so I want to see how this thing tastes. I'm adventurous, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I am, so I'm gonna try it only because the sweet baby Jesus is what it's called. But hey, I'm brave. You know right? what? Props to Mr. Flick for trying to get you out of your comfort zone. No, that's good. Yeah, seriously, it's. I, I will drink it. I'm gonna have it. You should. I'll, have I'll it. alert you. Before I open said bottle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I won't interrupt you like you do me, but I will alert you. Please do. <laughs> All right. Dap, what you got? Oh, man. Um, this is something I am trying tonight. Uh, it's from, well, it's what the girls call you, Vince. It's from Poppy. Poppy, Poppy. Oh, I'm Poppy. I didn't yeah, know you knew me like that. And, uh, of the, uh, great Capullo vineyards. And we have, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Poppy usually, they, they tend to make their wines kind of sweet. Renee loves the, the Merlots and, um, and I mean, even she hasn't chilled. So, but it's a little too sweet for me, but this I'm actually enjoying quite a bit. It's from Chile and it is a Cabernet Sauvignon oh. Malbec blend and it is uh pretty damn tasty so i am um i am now enjoying some poppy myself yes sucking on poppy that's great I, i'm glad <clears throat> someone enjoyed poppy this week because i had said some other type of poppy and it wasn't so good but <laughs> we might talk about that later mm. um i too am drinking the grape Good man. There used to be a time back in the day when Vin, when David was known as the guy, the only guy that drank the grape. But it's been a long time now. I think. I feel like we're both grape brothers now. Um, of course, why not? Why you know brothers in grape? Drink the grape. <laughs> Start drinking the grape, and it'll be a grape trio. <laughs> so I have to conform to your ways. Well, I no. enjoy like I peanut butter having. and chocolate, but not in my beer. So it's true. It's easier yeah. for you to come to. I, I like that on a sandwich. Maybe. I like chocolate and peanut butter in my beer. Uh. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. But I don't like chocolate and peanut butter in my wine. No, no, that's true. Is there such so a I'm thing? Really glad, I'm really glad, glad that, the, that this Crandall Brooks Reserve Merlot I'm drinking has neither chocolate nor beer uh, nor peanut butter. Nice, Excellent. but it is quite good. What is that, Cramden? What's the name of that? <laughs> You're Ralph Cramden Reserve. <laughs> No, Crandall Brooks oh. Reserve Merlot, and it's a 2013 varietal. Cool. 
Yes, sir. All right. Now, I'm assuming... Merry New Year. Yes. I'm assuming that this section that we like to call the thank you part is going to be fairly long. It could be. All right. So let's let's just jump in so we can get to the, the, the discussion of the comics, which is why most people come to this thing anyway. So well, really, I want to um, first of all, I want to send a big thank you to uh, to Mr. Stephen Water mm-hmm. for organizing this year's EOC gift exchange. He took it over this year after many many years by uh, Doctor Teeth, Doctor Tooth, right? Tooth, Doctor Tooth, Doctor Yes, uh, and I think Stephen did an excellent job. And since I know he's listening to the show. Um, your package is getting priority mailed tomorrow. I had to wait for a part, a portion of your gift to be mailed to me to then mail to you. So it should get there for Christmas Day, but if it doesn't, it will be there shortly. Right. You go all out. Man, I want you. He does. Right? Yeah. Seriously. No, I'll up. tell you what. Well, Could first have. of all, I, I mean, getting I'm, Steve, well, first of all, Waters, our, our boy. Mm-hmm. And while it shouldn't matter, you always want to put a little extra something, something in in a package if it's for someone that you know, right? True. Number two, as we just said, would organize the thing this year. And it's like you know, I know you two aren't sports fans, but like a lot of times guys will run like a pool for a bunch of people for whether it be like the NCAA, and usually the winner gives the guy a vig for like putting the thing together. A vig. So a vig. vig. You know about vigs, Vince. You know, family and all that. Uh, and then three. I got so hooked up, and we'll talk about from my gift giver, Mr. Flip Garza. Oh, he got Flippa. I got Flippa. That it, it, I was like, well, damn, I got to come correct because, I mean, quid pro quo, you know, if Flippa's going to hook me up like this, then I got to hook her up like that. <laughs> and uh, not to slight anybody who contributed to this year's gift exchange, but it seems that, Jason, if you order something from somewhere else to give to someone and send it to them, like that's going the extra distance. Well, we'll see. Respect. We'll see. Respect. But uh, so, I'm yes. I'm to generosity. I mean, people have been posting on Facebook their their hauls, and it's amazing. I mean, some people get sent like it, pretty much like years' worth of comics reading, it seems. I know. We have an amazing bunch of people that have somehow we've somehow convinced them that we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we so did it. Got, so Tommy, you already talked about your gift from Tommy Flick. Sure. Who did you have to give to? I got Chris Revenkin. All right. And I, and I, and I didn't I didn't send it yet, and he knows this. Yeah. I'm right. I'm gonna hook him up something big. Hook him up. Yeah. I have some vintage stuff that's going in that box that he's just gonna. Oh, well, I because I, I I actually sent him a PM on the Facebook today saying, you know, you love the Transformers, but does that extend into other, you know, mech centric? Oh, you gonna do that Chagokin life? No, no. I have I have things that I think he will enjoy, and he's like, no, man, I'll enjoy anything you send. That's you know, cool. I want to. I want to be good to it. He's, he because he's awesome. Chris is an amazing person. Yeah, he takes care of us. He hooked up that that meetup for our C two E two. Exactly, exactly. And 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 he's you know he's a lover of original art. And I tried to go that way, and I didn't have fellow any, jam piece brother. Yes, and I didn't have anything that I could tailor to his you know sensibility. So I'm I'm giving him something something else that I hope will will make his uh, his holiday uh, joyful. Mm-hmm. And cool and giant mechie filled. Dad, do you want to go about yours? Or do you want me to do mine? I don't know if you have to open yours. I already opened mine. I'm not sure. Do yours. I have to open mine. 
All right, so like I said, hold on, let me grab the mic here. Uh, yeah, so Flippa Dippa sent me a giant ass box, and I gotta say, man, dude, dude is a good gift giver. He All sure right. is. All right, so first off, there is a brand spanking new Yeti Rambler twenty ounce tumbler, and I didn't quite know what this was until I I received it and I looked it up. It is apparently like it's like a uh, uh, like a uh, it's it's a cup, but it's meant to keep your stuff super super cold. But it's like it's legit. It's, like like the, it's, it's the coolest cooler of cups. It's the cool, exactly, but it really works. <laughs> but but you received it. <laughs> I knew it. Yes, <laughs> it is different than the coolest cooler. I actually haven't. I set them up. Dap knocks them down. <laughs> See how we I do that? You, tag so team. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Tag team back again. Yeah. Then he included in there a bunch of beers from the Revolver Brewing Company. Ooh. The Blood and Honey American Ale. Oh. And poor planning on my part. I was planning on drinking that tonight for the show, but I forgot to put it uh, in the refrigerator. So I will drink it next week on the show for the New Year's show. But very awesome. So I'm going to have my Yeti ready to keep my revolver beer cool. And then he absolutely deluged me with comics, including, you know, and I think it's always hard to give me comics that I have not read, but or have at least, or possess. And he found a bunch. He uh, Take What You Can Carry by Kevin Pyle, an OGN. Uh, Superman time and time again. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Um, a bunch of Valiant Trades, which is awesomely well-timed because two weeks ago I would have cared about these, but now I'm all up in it. Uh, Imperium, one, volumes one and two, three, <laughs> volumes one, two, three. Wow. Uh, what? That's great. Now, hilariously enough, Faith, volumes one and two. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll come to your senses and see what a good book that yeah. is. Uh, a collection of The Flash uh, by um, Jeff Johns and Van Skyver and Scott Collins. Cool. Uh, Heartthrob, which is an OGN by Chris Sabella and Robert Wilson, which uh, looks super cool because no, I like that's, Sabella. That's, what? That's, that's not an OGN. It's not? No, because I have the issues right here. It's from. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Okay, it's sure. a trade paperback of issues yeah. one through five. Ooh, calling them out. Calling them out. No, I'm just, in, in his... I, I have it sitting right here. And then the one I had never heard of, and I was wondering if you guys had, because it looks amazing by Archaea. Uh, the Cloud by K.I. Zacapoulos and Vincenzo Balzano. Um, Is there a funky spelling on Cloud, or it's just the Cloud? No, just no, just Cloud. Huh. Um, there is a OG, a graphic novel called Coma. Um, and then he gave me a bunch, and Vince, you'll love this, a bunch of uh, of Marvel Magazine Bizarre Adventures. Oh, nice. Which I'm going to dig into, maybe do a little, little awesome. flashback. We can tag team on those if you want. What's that? We can tag team on those if you want. All right, cool. Some 2000 ADs, mm. some other British magazines. He's really looking um, forward to it. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, relax yourself. And then, uh, and then he also got me... Some Cards Against Humanity expansion pack. So God damn. Phenomenal, phenomenal collection. Holy yeah. crap. I know, dude. Dude, hook the brother up. You made out. Stepping. Thanks, Flipper. You're the man. Flip's awesome. He's amazing. He is. I hope he and the family are doing well. Got new parents this year, so. Yeah. Or last year, maybe. But relatively soon. Last year. His wife is stunning. She is quite fetching. She is stunning. But let's not go there. No. Um, so, Dap. <laughs> Giggles. Uh, what you got? Yeah. Um, I, in my gift exchange, um, I had, Mr. Chris Lydon had to, had the fortune, the misfortune of sending me 
something this year. Uh, and I. You're tough. Up, well, am I? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think you're very hard to buy for. I don't think so. It, I, it's, oh, I do. You know, for the most part, I'm like, I'm like Jason. I'd rather it, I, I, I enjoy giving and, mm-hmm. and when I can, um, surprise someone or, or, or share the love that way. But I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm tough. I, I, I like getting things, but I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm tough when, uh, because I, I, dude's got an Amazon wish list like three miles long. It's true, but I don't, because a lot of that though is I need to go back and research this. It's, it, it's mostly just a scratch pad of shit I need to look into. And then I whittle things down rarely, but so I have, uh, I, yes, Vince, I'm, I, I, I guess I'm tough, but I just, I like to be surprised. I don't, I'm not going to judge somebody because based on, you know, the gifts they send. Sure. But sure. Chris was kind enough to send me the original series, all 79 episodes, the enhanced special effects version of the complete Star Trek series. Wow. So that is on, uh, that's on Blu-ray that I will be enjoying. There's also, this one was gift bagged. Um, oh, I'm sorry. And it's Brad. It seems to be a book. So Vince will love this. Oh shit. Vince will really love it. It's Alan Moore's Jerusalem. Oh, nice. This is a pretty, this is a nice dust jacket, Vince. Uh, my, I don't know, mine's off. I took it yeah, off. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, this will be, I'm gonna have to take my time oh, getting. No doubt. Through this, but yeah. thank you very, very much, Chris. He also asked for my address and, and, uh, I guess there was, um, something else that he wanted to, um, to send. So I haven't, I, I, I don't have that yet. He asked for my address because obviously, when you pick off things from Amazon, they send it to you. So, um, he, uh, the, the, there were, he asked for my address. That's all I know. And I haven't, uh, as there are things I have downstairs from Mr. Wooder, which were addressed to me and my wife and from Ray, which are, our, our, our boy, um, our roommate, which are also for Renee and I, so I haven't opened those yet. So those are downstairs. There is one more box here, but I, I'm going to wait to hear from you guys to see if it's from the same person that I think this box is. Okay. Okay. You want me to go next? Yeah. All right. Just today, I received from Mr. Christopher Burton. This is crazy. The uh, Wallywood Eerie Tales of Crime and Horror hardcover. Oh my god. From Vanguard. For real, right? Uh, as well as from, uh, Eurotica. This is a, um, a filthy, uh, bunch of comics. Extremely filthy. Like, I'm talking full penetration. It's dirty. It's European, so it's, it's. I hope my copy's eating for me. I know. It's exquisite. It's from, um, Noe, and it's, uh, called Pinup Artist. So I got those from Christopher Burton. Um, our buddy Hassan gifted me with an amazing hardcover. This is the uh, from Dark Horse. It's the EC Archives, The Complete Panic, Volume 1. Reprints issues 1 to 6. 
awesome. And it's um, extremely timely because in the first issue of Panic, there is an amazing story by Bill Elder that uh, he does a takeoff on uh, Night Before Christmas. And it's loaded with, you know, Bill Elder did the kitchen sink style. Every panel is just like festooned with sight gags and little text pieces. And it's uh, hence the kitchen sink appellation to his style. It's amazing. And I got, again, I got to reiterate from last week, Dark Horse does an amazing job on their, on their archives all around. I got a, uh, cable bird. The, the dollar store birds from Mr. Uh, Bean. Yes. And it's amazing. Um, Jonathan Gordon sent me some beautiful art cards. Let's see. What am I forgetting? Oh, um, Ray sent me a couple packages full of rock and roll stuff. I got a Bowie t-shirt and a, a record player mat and a mouse pad and a Rush t-shirt, which my daughter tried to take from me, but I, I fought her away. Um, a Grateful Dead book. Jason, I will send that to you right after I finish reading it. <laughs> Please do. I will send you what, what Ray sent me in exchange. You'll love it as much. It's the, uh, you know, the 33 and a third books, the history of very, um, critically acclaimed, uh, albums. And this is the, uh, story of Working Men's Dead. Um, I, I got not to, I got a 33 and a third from Ray as well for people's instinctive travels in the paths of rhythm. Nice. They're, you know what? I've always been curious about those books. Like I never bought one um, because you know me. I can't moderate myself. If I buy one, I'm going to have to have them all. So I don't know if I should either thank Ray or blame or him. him. Yeah, or curse him. Yeah. But um, but I got a Zeppelin uh, bag. Uh, there's just a bit about a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. in the thing. Like again, it's it's our. Our Komad, it's Ray, our brother, our brother. So, just great stuff. And I'm trying to remember if I'm leaving anything out. I don't think so. if I did, it will come to me. If uh, by the end of the episode, I hope. If not, I will yeah. apologize next time because I mean the stuff is still coming. Yeah, I, I got to say I need to preemptively apologize because um, I have an ungodly number of boxes from places like Amazon and the like that are sitting unopened because um, mm. many of them are, well, the majority of them are things I've bought for gifts for other people. And so I fear uh, that uh, there may be things inclusive of them that were gifts that I right. have just yet to open. Right. And so when I do open them, I will most certainly thank people if I haven't already. So like I know, know I mean, Haas always, I mean, I mean, Haas is an awesome human being and he, he always sends us something each year and I, so I, I assume it's still in one of these boxes. Right. Open, so. Let me just add, add one thing before you start, Depp. Um, sure. Jeff Douglas, the, the dollar store birds. Yes. Hit mm-hmm. him, hit him up for a commission on a bird because I'm looking at this cable bird and it is really well done. Like yes. he takes pictures and puts them on Facebook, but you can't really get the sense of how much work and how detailed they mm-hmm. are until you hold the damn thing in your hand. And I mean, my cable has this massive gun on the side of the bird. He's got the pouches and the shoulder pads, and it's it's just awesome. And he just reworked a dollar store bird into this beautiful piece of art, and I love it. And it's on my shelf right here with That's with awesome. with my toys. My uh, my my Grendel dog is downstairs on the uh, on the liquor cabinet. Liquor, liquor. I don't even know. Uh, the the Amazon, I know that at times Amazon will mark a box that says you know gift inside or mm-hmm. it's a gift, but they really don't do anything 
to say, because like you just said, Jason, I, there's a couple boxes that arrived today. Now, because I knew when they were coming and I, and I have the app, I know that what, what's in there. So I know who they're for and they're off to the side. But if it's addressed to me and it's from someone else, I, again, you know, you don't know if, so Amazon, there should be something on the label that says, you know, this is addressed to you. You may not have ordered it. So it may be a gift for you. It's just right. All they have right, to do—it's very simple. All they have to do is, whenever uh, something is purchased and sent to a residence other than the name on on the account, just put it in a different color box, like a gift. Or yeah, just even a different label. Yeah, yeah they don't. Yeah. I, I don't care if they're wrapped or anything. Just put it in right. a, like a some kind of uh, signifier that this is not the normal Amazon coming to your house. Right. Yeah, I would agree with you. I get in trouble every year because I check yeah, my Amazon. He he does it all the time. Because um, I'm I, I check my Amazon wish list and I filter it by stuff that's bought, and I get yelled at every single year. So I didn't do it this year. So I don't know what's coming. Right. Well, I'll just quickly say, same as you, Vince. Got some awesome artwork, the cards from Mr. Jonathan Gordon. Much mm-hmm. love there. Uh, and Ray Ray, you know, shamed. I'm embarrassed by the riches. Uh, in addition to the 33 and a third, he got me this awesome, and I've wanted to see this for a long time. Um, Stretch and Bobito radio that changed lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's about, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the nineties, you know, it's the, what's the famous run of, of hip hop. And, uh, this, this was a, like, this won a ton of awards for, um, best documentary last, not last, uh, 2015. So yeah, last year. Um, and so that, that's phenomenal because it's been on my, my watch list. He sent me a copy of Beats, Rhymes, uh, and Life, The Travels of Tropical Quest, which is the amazing documentary um, about Tropical Quest that was done by Michael Rappaport a few years ago. Now, I saw that um, in the theater, actually. I went to a screening in New York, but uh, but I love that I don't have a copy, and it's really great because my middle son, Jackson, is a, a massive Tropical Quest fan now, so he actually has it. He's going to watch it uh, tomorrow. He sent me, which is pretty hilarious, a, a, a Doctor Strange film. From oh, 1978. Oh, oh no. boy! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's so Peter bad, Hooten. it's good. Yeah. Eddie Benton. Yeah, mm. so I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to watch that anytime soon, but I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> um, he sent me this dope set of, uh, uh like a, a big multi-disc documentary called, uh, Piece by Piece, The History of San Francisco Graffiti. Wow. It's amazing. I think he was supposed uh, to send that to me. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I've always dug graffiti, and I know that it's a. I know that uh, for those that don't don't know this about Ray, Ray is an accomplished and beloved uh, graffiti artist as well in his in his heyday. Uh, on top of the other many artistic skills that he has, so I've always dug graffiti because there's obviously a lot of a uh, common cultural progression with graffiti art and, and hip hop. But I must say, I don't know nearly as much about the history of graffiti art as I as I should. So that is amazing. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, he sent me, um, the two part disc of, uh, of Style Wars, which is a chronicling of the New York underground art, hip hop, and, uh, graffiti scene from the early 80s. Uh, New York in 1982, I believe it's focused on. So. Damn. Lots of, lots of amazing, amazing viewing. And, uh, I, I just, I give him huge, huge bro hugs for that. So. As do we all. Yes. Awesome. All right, Dap. So is everybody um, finished? Uh, my gift from Austin is probably 
going to make it on my 11 o'clockers. Uh, it is the March Trilogy Slipcase Edition wow. by John Lewis, Andrew Aiden, and Nate Powell. I didn't even know they had a Slipcase Edition out. I, I, I didn't even know there was I, a third one out. Yes, that's, and that, yeah, that's, that's, I was waiting for the third, and I didn't, uh, I, I saw the, I saw the trilogy. I don't know if I registered that it was as, as a slipcase, but I figured I'd just wait and get all three books when, when the time came. And yeah, so, um, this I've only read myself. the first so far, but it's, yeah, I, I cannot wait to, uh, to read it myself, but it, it's been something that I've been wanting to for a while. And, and now that, um, they're all out, I'll be able to sit down and, and enjoy them one after the other. So thank you. Very much, Austin. It is a uh, very thoughtful. Yep. Sweet. All right, the comics. Can we can we hopefully go right in? A, hopefully, we got a couple of good ones. A couple of good ones. Should we get the bad ones out of the way? No, I think we should we should dive in. <laughs> I think we should. Okay. Every now and then, and it's very rare because normally I have impeccable taste. We can acknowledge that. <laughs> But over the eight plus years we've been doing the show, there have been a few instances where I have perhaps misjudged something at the outset and yeah. then come back around. Yeah, most notably, I think most notably my initial absolute disdain for Morrison's new X-Men. <laughs> that I then decided was probably the most amazing things I've ever read. <laughs> uh, also included in that would be 100 Bullets, which like I remember I read the first few issues when they came out and thought, this is trash. And now it's probably my favorite DC book ever. Yep. Mike so, Allred. Don't forget about Allred. Uh, Thank no, you, Mike Allred. Allred, and, one. And, Allred and, was trash until I realized he was a genius. Right. And and because, yes, because of the new X-Men, that also carried over. Um, it's not so much that I, I associate new X-Men. It's... it's um, it's the artist. It's Frank. So I always, yeah. I always think about All-Star Superman with you also. So... You know, you're right about that. In fact, uh, I don't want to put someone on blast, but a good friend of ours is looking to sell some of their art, including a very, very important page from the quietly new X-Men. And uh, so I may be procuring that from him because he needs the money to do something very special. But anyway, uh, that's, that's for another day. Um, so with that in mind, the, what I'm about to shout out is not to that level of extreme because I didn't poo-poo this in a significant way. But I will say that I certainly misjudged it on the first reading to the point where I didn't read the rest of it, even though I kept buying the issues. And now that I have gone back and read the whole thing this week, um, I feel <laughs> ridiculous to have not <laughs> this with praise. And I should say, this is a book that is I would even go so far as to say inarguably going to be remembered as the book or the series of, of 2016. I mean, this is this, you know, every year there's a series that is universally applauded and talked about and a hallmark. And this year, I don't know that there's any other series that really has been as widely critically uh, acclaimed. And of course, I am talking about our good friend, Mr. Tom King's vision series. Yeah. <sighs> Remember Which when signed because he read the whole thing <laughs> as it was coming out. Uh, to you. Well, uh, out of the three the of Lord us, thing. I was the yes. one that was late to the party on this. You didn't hadn't read it at all, right? No, and I didn't want to. 
because I have this um, pedestal on which I put Omega Man. And <laughs> I didn't want anything to eclipse that uh, the majesty of that. And I like I want Tom to be Omega Man guy forever because I, I think it's a beautiful piece of work. Um, and, and then I read this. <laughs> so let's get into it. I remember uh, Dap and I were down in Heroes Con last last summer, not this past one, the one before. We were hanging out with uh, our No Apologies crew, Daryl and Chris and Tom and and, and folks, and uh, we were having drinks at the bar. And Tom mentioned that he was going to start a Vision series, and that Gabriel Walta, who he had worked with previously, was going to uh, do the art. And that he was taking a really different take on the vision and was going to be out there and it was risky. And I remember filing that away and thinking, oh, that'll be cool. You know, we'll see. Um, but, uh, first of all, I mean, this is one of those books that, that every now and then Marvel or DC gives a writer an opportunity to, uh, do a book that's so far afield from the expectations in terms of tone and format. And this fits squarely into that. I mean, this book, yes, it features the Vision, who is an Avenger and a superhero, but but this book is as close to a true indie book uh, in its tone and its structure and its pacing and even the artistic feel that we've seen from the big two in a long, long time. It's It's so far out there that you wonder, like, almost like, did the editors just say, do whatever the hell you want and, like, just leave and be completely... This right. is this is one. You're exactly right. This is a book where I think, it, hindsight and armchair quarterback and the whole thing. I, I have a feeling that Marvel was like, okay, you know, Tom wants to do. Let this is Tom's tryout book at Marvel. We'll let him do it, thinking that you know what we'll we'll see how he does with this. See how he writes these characters because it's a it, Vision is an Avenger, so we're probably going to have some of the characters seep in. We'll see how he writes those characters. So I, I, I viewed this as Tom's Marvel tryout book only to, and I'm not saying it's rare, it does happen, only to have Marvel, in my eyes, drop the ball so DC could sign him to an exclusive. And, mm -hmm. and this could have led, I, it, now it's just an imagine what could have happened type scenario to see where else Tom could have gone. In the Marvel, and it's not I'm not saying the door's closed forever, but it it's just there. There's a there was an opening, and and that's not happening now. And I'm not I'm not entirely sad because I'm loving Batman. Like Vince said, his Omega Man was was fantastic. We know Tom can tell great stories, um, but this, as far as just a a this is some this the vision is is something really, really special. I hope this gets some, and I don't know if it will since he's not with them now. I just hope it gets some, some premier packaging. So it'll look really good on a shelf. Oh, it needs to be collected in one volume. It definitely does. It does. It does. Yeah. Well, let's, let's be clear. There's, there's, there's almost a 0% chance this doesn't win an Iser or two. Right. And the I mean, this is going to, he's going to, I don't know if Tom's going to win, you know, but this, in some way, shape, or form, this book's winning Eisner's. 
Yeah. I agree. And it's so subtle because the main characters are beings to which we should not identify. We we should these should be so far removed from what we know and see on a daily basis, but the bulk of the book is made up of these machines, synthetic human beings, well, synthetic organisms, yeah, postulating and pondering about life, and they have the same damn questions we do. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's not, he's writing synthetic human beings, but he's really writing human beings. Like, there's very little differentiation between the vision and a a human being, and especially um, uh, Virginia. She's very human to me. You're right, but I think one of the things that made me say, wow, was maybe the third or fourth issue in, and I had this, this moment of clarity where I realized that there was a human writer scripting this out. Right. Like, he was scripting out the way that a synthesoid would would verbalize these very complex thoughts about life and purpose and emotion and love and fitting in and like but it was but there has to be a structure to it and a syntax right sure and it's all and, it's all guesswork because it, and it's all approximation well, sure, it's but, all approximation how could you know but he's convincing in that is is what I wanted. Well, that's the trick, right? Is yeah. that you know I remember an interview. I don't know if it was. I think it was Suntress, but I, it probably must have been. I guess, but it was an, an interview with Bendis years ago, and it just stuck with me when he was talking about his craft. And he said that um, this is when it was. You know, Bendis was like at the top. Not to say he's not still very popular, but when he was like the guy. And I remember him saying something about to the effect of, you know, the way to be an effective comic book writer when you're writing dialogue is to you have to write dialogue differently than someone would actually speak it because when, if you just were to write it as someone would speak it, it would read as off. So you, mm-hmm. you the writing of dialogue. So the brain processes what it's reading in a dialogue box differently than the way it would sound if you were actually speaking it. And so there's a bit of an art to figuring that out so that when you're reading it in your mind, you're picturing normal speech and that is not always analogous to one another. And I think then when you're trying to do that for a situation where you have these beings that aren't quite all there from an emotional standpoint, they aren't human, but they're striving very much to convey human emotion. I mean, that is not, I don't think that's an, it struck me as not a very easy task to pull off. And yet I think Tom did it perfectly. Yeah. And you could see it. Um, there's, there's a sense of impending doom from the very first issue. You know, you hit on it, Vince. I think the biggest takeaway from me was, I, and I wish, you know, hopefully we'll have Tom on here soon to, to chat. But I I came away from these 12 issues thinking that, like, one of the big takeaways is that this was a doomed experiment from the start. That right. Vision, right. Vision had a cr- tragically doomed experiment from the start. There was no chance of this ever working out. Right. And the uh, magic wasn't real. I mean, I, the, I thought the first the first six issues are great. Mm-hmm. But when Virginia starts with the nervous tick, and, yeah. she, and she starts to repeat words, that that was very subtle, and it's a very easy thing to do. But the the conception of that, the the, the concept of just having this, it, it's it's a walking processor, right? Mm-hmm. Being affected by everything that's going around her to the to to the point where there's a there's a glitch, there's a there's a flaw in the in the 
in the the programming it's like oh my god that's so awesome and cool but it's just like i felt bad for her and as each issue after the sixth came i read and it's just a depressing it's a very dark story i mean it is this is not a feel-good story no No, he he pulls us in and makes us like these characters or at least understand these characters to a certain extent and then the stuff that goes down in the second six it's like oh my Jesus, like it's not a wonderful life. That's not what this is. No, it's and and I gotta say, as in Omega Men, Tom's villains are multi-layered. They're not all bad. There, there's there's a shred of of humanity that makes their villains his villains richer. And the the thing, I mean, I, I having read all twelve. Mancha, uh, I I can't friggin' stand him. I'm glad. Spoilers. I'm glad he's dead. I never liked him in Runaways. Um, but the, but the thing is, he has this weight hanging over him that he is going to become a villain per Ultron's programming and take out the entire Avengers. Um, and he he strives to skirt that that programming at every obstacle. And yet he falls right into it with just laying, bending over and grabbing his ankles for the Avengers and fuck them too for what they wanted to do to the Division. I know, it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, and he is, in a sense, this book's villain because he he causes the death of his brother's um, wife, son, son wife, son. you know, son and wife. If If he didn't enter the picture, she would not be dead. Because you, you know, but, um, so yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's an idiot going into the story and becomes even more of one in trying to achieve acceptance from the Avengers because he's, he's so eager to go in there and just like spy on his brother. I thought it was so well structured because there was a moment where, whether it was the, I can't remember because I, you know, I read the whole thing at once. I don't remember if it was like the first or second issue that Victor was hanging out with him and living with them. Where I thought, oh, I'm like, this is a bit of a. I remember thinking, like, is this the the is this like the middle point of a Netflix series where you, <laughs> it's not really necessary, and then we're going to get back to the, no. like the, the stuff with the gravitas, right? Because I was like, he's just hanging out and he's being like the cool uncle, and I was like, okay, I mean, it's cool and all, but like, how long is this going to go on for? Mm-hmm. And then boom, and then he calls. then you then you know then Vin phases through the door and chasing after the dog, and he sees Victor talking to the Avengers, and like you said, Vince, it's like. It hits you like a ton of pricks. Not only the betrayal, yeah, you prick. but also that that the Avengers are involved, who are supposed to be above that. And not only that, but he's listening to all of their stories. Like when, um, when in the graveyard, mm-hmm. you know, when when uh, Viv, yeah, Viv is is just despondent over the loss of someone who she could have called friend, possibly more. I mean, the kid seemed really into her. Right. Yeah. And, and he's just like, oh, fuck, like I'm listening to this heartfelt stuff and I got to report back to the Avengers on it. Yeah. You know, it's fucked up. I mean, I, and I, I hate him. I, I actually hate this character. But it, yes. And, and I'm right there with you, Vince. The, as far as Jason talking about the, the slowness of the, uh, the bit of a breather we had 
when Victor showed up. It's right after when when Viv's friend was was killed. When when mom when Virginia goes to the house and there were it, things were ramping up and 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 it was it was heavy these first few issues and then the um she sh- virginia shows up at the house the father acts like an asshole and and everything just goes ballistic because of course he was recording and and uh so we know what happens to the grim reaper and all of this is going on and then you get a little bit you know you it, it, it's all pretend because Vision is unaware of all of this happening. So everybody's putting on this show. Then Victor shows up and, and they're trying to be a family. But yes, of course, it, it, as the appearances being deceiving is, is that then, like you said, Sun shows up and, and Vince sees everything. And that's when it, it really, it comes to a head and then he just, it really doesn't stop at that point. Right. And yeah. after everything happens with, with the 11 issues, when you get to the 12th, that's, it's, um, it's, it's sombre. It is just, it is not, like we've been saying, it, it's, it's not a feel good book. It, it, no. It's something you should read. It's, it's absolutely yeah. a, a, a book that I would recommend just about anybody. And I think it's one of the, yes, you have, you have the Avengers showing up and you have the X-Men and obviously if you see, um, if, if you've, um, if you're familiar with the movies and, and the TV shows and then you'll see these characters, but this is, I, this, it's weird. I want to say yes, you could give this to somebody. Oh, you know, the, that, that, the mythical person who, you know, you, you want to just try to get them into comic books. You could, you could probably give them this. They just, they may have questions because why doesn't this act like, well, why isn't this Jarvis? Why, why isn't this the dude from the movies? And, and, yeah. but as far as just a story start to finish these, these 12 issues, these 12 chapters, this is something, everything you need to know in a story, beginning, middle and end, you get in it. Because I, I went through after I read the 12th issue and, and I'm, as we're, we're getting Victor's past and, and, and him fighting the super scroll and hanging out with the runaways. I went through the three volumes I have on my bookshelf, the, the, the first three oversized hardcovers and he's not in there. And I'm trying to figure out that, did he, what was he in the, the, um, the Terry Moore series? Was he in the, 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 the did, when did he show up? And, and, and since his story pretty much ended in this series, it, it, with everything else I have to read, I'm not going to look for old Runaways issues. But I, I had no idea this kid was in Runaways, and and that did not affect my enjoyment of of this the story, and and didn't hinder my feelings on the character. I just I, as soon as he shows up, and and the way Vision greets him, the way Tom packages it, it every again everything you need. Is in these twelve issues. You don't need, you don't need editors. You don't need to know every thirty-seven times Vision helped save the world. It's just th- these are, again, everything you need right here in this one story. Well, wasn't Victor in the Runaways during Civil War? Maybe. Yeah, but so Victor is the one of the new members of the second volume of Runaways, but also that was, but that volume was also written by BKV. BKV initially, though, but he didn't. He didn't no, stick no. it. Oh well, I mean, well, he but he create. I mean, I'm saying, but okay, but, no, that's fine. Yeah, he. I'm just saying, BKV and Alfona uh, created him. Okay. Yeah, but he also, yeah, he was in, um, he was in the uh, Civil War stuff, the Avengers Ac- uh, Academy stuff. 
a little bit, but he was also most recently in Avengers AI. Right. He was yeah. part of that team. But uh, this is a, an exercise in subtlety, really, because – Yeah, you know, that's the thing, man. You just – and you're, you're on it. it, it it's, uh, the book is so subtle and not de- – delicate maybe is not the right word, but – there's so much craft there that I just It's nuts, right? It's it, Tom. It, it, it's, it's just it's like so well it's so well composed. Right. It's like truly but, well composed. The moments are beautiful. Like there's legitimately beautiful moments of tragedy, right? That like like wrapped in this wrapper of four super powered cyborgs. It's like right. it's like what? And, you know, and it's like, nuts because everything nuts. there's nothing extraneous. The couple no, that right. comes to the door in the first issue, that cookie tray is what um, Virginia uses to beat the Grim Reaper to death, and then right, and even like in the beginning when they're introducing them, and it's a little bit of like the the, the cone heads, right? Like, oh, yeah. these guys are right, but they introduce and they focus on how there's these unique things in the house that have amassed over the years, right? Visions, the Avengers, yeah, and you know, there's that tree, the Everbloom, right? And then there's the 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 strange vase, the water vase. And, you know, at first you're thinking, okay, cool, like, wow, that's creative. Like, Tom's just showing off, like, it's making the point that, like, the Vision's got some cool shit because he's been all over the universe. But each of those pieces, when over the 12, 12 issues, is so important. Yep. Like, like again, there's no fluff. It's messed up. <laughs> it's it's very intricate. And then it's like, oh, here's the neighbors. Yeah, they're going to die in a fire. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, but, and the thing is, subtlety again, you don't see the neighbors die in the fire you just see the 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 energy come through and go into their supposed living room and that's another thing when when vision found out that victoria killed the reaper he must have gone ballistic because the house is in a shambles and you never see that scene you never see him freak out it's just it's just because because the house is in a shambles you take it as a given that one of them, or many of them, just went ape shit once the 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 tr- the truth came out. And, and I, I got no. I was just gonna say I gotta say when when she comes out of the door in the the negligee, oh, I, I, I found that kind of hot. <laughs> I find it kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know then when when and the other thing is like it would if all of this was done simply as like. Tom was given the keys to a character and said, go nuts. But then on top of all of this, he brings in the visions past with Wanda and losing his emotions and becoming the white vision, losing his kids, yeah. like his original kids. And it's like, you could have not had any of that stuff in this book. It could have just been like Tom's take on the vision right. and it would have been awesome. But it shows you like Tom took the time to really emphasize and bring the fact that this is the same character. Like it's one, this is all part of the same life span and arc and continuity like and that's again he didn't need to do that i don't know that no. the story would have been materially worse off at all for not having it but the fact that he threw it in there it's like man like props to you because it shows you actually know the character yeah like like and i don't know if he was a big avengers fan or not before this but either way he clearly got it in the character you know really yeah, it well. doesn't really matter right he did the job whether he, whether he was make it the unknown fan well i yeah yeah, Simon. Now, what do y'all think of? Of I mean, we're we're spending a lot of time praising justifiably, you know, Tom as the architect here. But what did y'all think of Walter's art? I loved it. Yeah, it's great. I I, I enjoyed it from the beginning, and I didn't I did not read the um, was it Magneto that he was working on? Yeah, I did not read that. Um, but I thought I just I thought it was fitting, even as far as the synthetic beings that look 
was perfect. I, I figured if, if it's supposed to look a little um, stilted or stiff or just robotic, then that, that was absolutely fine. But even when we get to actual humans like the neighbors or when the Avengers show up, it, it's still it it all meshes really well together. I thought I I absolutely loved Walt and and even the um, the single issue by um, Michael Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, yeah Walsh, that. Yeah. That was, I mean, it was like an interlude in it, but it was fitting. It, it didn't, um, it, it, it didn't match up with Walter perfectly, but for this particular story, I thought it worked. I, I just think it, um, and I, I even, I, the Mundo's covers were, were a joy as well, but the, the interiors were just, they, I can't imagine anyone really telling this story different. I don't know. I, I don't know how the collaboration was. I don't know if, if Walter was like, I, I like what Tom's doing. So if, if I could try this, I don't, I don't know how strict Tom's script were. So it, it's, um, I'd love to see what their, uh, what their relationship was like. But I, I thought Walter was just seriously on point with this. Yep. But, you know, look at the, the core of this thing, like patterning, your wife from the brain waves or the, 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 the concentrated cognition, whatever that thing was in that diamond that, that Wanda gave him. So you, you, you're making your wife from a blueprint of your old woman. Like that's nuts. That's incredibly, yeah. that's sick. It's needy. And it's just like, it's, it's, it just, it's creepy on a bunch of different levels, right? But he doesn't even question it. Like maybe he, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Like if Wanda doesn't want to be with you, you're making you're 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 creating a wife in her image in a sense, right? That's just that's messed up. But people do that in the real world, don't they? Well, hey, I mean, you could say Wanda did the same by getting with Simon, right? Well, she went <laughs> to the source with Simon. Well, I mean. Right, not her source. She was with Vision. You know what I mean? Like, no, but the the source of Vision is Simon. So no, I know, but right, but so Simon is closer. What he is the the genuine article. Vision is just a copy. Well, but to her, I mean, it was her husband. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just there's this weird, creepy romance shit going on with all, and and that's another thing too about the the whole Ultron. That always confused me how it worked. With, with Simon being the pattern and Grim Reaper being the brother and every time any of those characters would pop up, I would have to go running back to what happened with that. Like I, mm-hmm. there's so much history between these, but Tom didn't make it convoluted at all. He explained a lot of it. Now, do we know, was this theoretically going to be more than 12 issues had Tom not done the exclusive? Uh, I don't know. Because I, I, I think that was the case, in which case I even give him even more props because you would not know no. based on the way the story no way. has its arc and then settles that it that it wasn't ever intended just to be these 12 issues. Right. So if it was, in fact, theoretically going to be a longer ongoing, then even more props because if he had to truncate the story, there's no sign of that. There's no sign that he had to rush through the conclusion. Yep. It's odd, man. No explicit villain. It's it's not your standard superhero book. There's real. There's not fights in every issue, and yet, well, like you said, it's sad. It's tragic. I mean, yeah. everybody in the book is flawed, and yet not necessarily evil. I mean, Virginia and Viv and Vin and Vision and and, and Victor all do 
awful things, but they're, but not, none of them are necessarily, I mean, but they do them in the context of their extreme versions of things I think we've all done or could easily have done in moments of strife in our lives. Yeah. This could lead to a massive, um, storyline where the vision just goes bad because he's got one foot in hell with the, uh, well, he, kn- yeah. he knew the truth and he did not, uh, reveal it. And, it's uh, interesting the way that Tom portrays Vision as being something that the you know the Avengers legitimately are scared of. They should be right, like right. But I mean, but I'd say that most of the time Vision's not portrayed that way, right? He's portrayed as a very benevolent ally and not some you know. But but it's just as the Justice League rarely focuses on just how unbelievably powerful Superman is. You know, occasionally they they make you know it's the same thing. I don't know that we've ever I don't know that ever the vision's ever been portrayed as like so powerful and so you know almost godlike that if he wanted to he would be able to take out all the rest of the Avengers. Like it's never so I, I just I found that really interesting that 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 he portrayed him in such a way that like if if the vision does get on the wrong side of things like there may not be anything that they can do about it. Right. I thought it was pretty ridiculous that he takes Thor out pretty quickly. You know that's intelligent. If you're gonna, you're fighting uh, a group of here of of uh, antagonists, you take the big gun out first. Take Thor out. Um, the Beast, Captain Marvel, can't really do much against him. He takes Nova out. Medusa, bye, see ya. Um, uh, Sam gone, and yet the two Spideys manage to get the drop on him and and kick him against the wall. Like nobody else laid a finger on him during that battle. And then the two Spideys managed to kick, like, that's just crazy to me. That, that of <laughs> all, the, that Spidey bias. I know of all these heroes, like, Miles Morales and, and, and Peter got close enough. And he saw them Miles, coming too. Miles, I could see doing it, but Peter. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. Well, what did you think? <laughs> what? You didn't even say what you thought of the art. You know, I, 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 so again, I have to be honest here. I, I didn't think Walter was a, when I, when Tom told us at Heroes that Walter was his artist on the book, I was nonplussed because, frankly, I didn't think that the, the Magneto book didn't knock my socks off. Um, but as with all things, it's about pairing the right artist with the right content. And I, much like you both, thought it was a perfect fit for what is ultimately a very human book, right? I mean, and I say human, in the, like it's a very... It's about the people, the characters, and it's not there, there isn't a, it's not a grandiose epic visual book, right? It's about those moments, and I I have to say he he it, it worked perfectly for me. I, I and I was not I didn't expect that to be the case. Do I think Walter is the best draftsman on the earth? No, I don't. Uh, but then again, neither is Charlie Adlard, right? I mean, I like I think that like. But but I think Adlard's so synonymous for me with Walking Dead now that I don't I would be disappointed if he ever left the book. Um, so and I and I I think Walter's style is is like if I think about the replacement game I mean could you know could Somni have killed this book Yeah Somni could have crushed this book right But like do do I want to see you know Opeña or do I want to see no. Uh, Pacelli or I don't think Opeña would work on this. No, it's I mean, or, or yeah. even you know, or Pacelli or 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 uh, you know, or, or um, you know, someone that's just like 
super clean lines? No, I, I don't think that would have conveyed the type of of uh, emotional pounding that this book was meant to convey. You know, yeah. So I think the book travels a very fine line between you know Marvel mainstream and indie. I, I think this this Walter Cat was pretty much a, a perfect choice. Yeah, like I said, I mean, that's just as, it, absolutely, it, it, there wasn't a moment in the book that I thought, oh geez, I wish that there was, was a different artist. You yeah, know? right. And, and with that said, if, 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 if you were to tell me Walter was taking over, like, Wade's Avengers, I, over for Dumb, for Dumb Window, I, I wouldn't be excited about that. It's not the same kind of book. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I thank David for pushing me to read this. Um, because I thought it was, it was wonderful. And, and not wonderful in the sense of, oh, it was wonderful. It's very black and very dark and, and it's, it's depressing in, in a lot of spots, but it was a wonderful, wonderful read. Yeah. And you know, there was a little bit of that, like, when you have a band that you like and then they get famous. Yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh man, I don't need to be up in this, for this vision. Y'all are up on this vision with this Tom King, like he's brand new property. Like he's our boy. We know about his shit, man. I don't need, you know, like I was like, man, I got, I'm, I'm with him from day one. So I don't, I don't need y'all be on this vision tip, but sometimes the, sometimes the consensus is right. Yep. Right. Like sometimes you just got to tip, tip your cap and say, all right, man, like a hundred percent of y'all love it. And it's legit. It's legit that y'all love it. Like, okay, I'm with you. It's it's a story that um, it, it's a series that, rightly or wrongly, I think people are going to compare other works to it. Not even things yeah. by Tom, maybe not even other things by the Vision. Right. Star starring the Vision, but they're going to just oh uh, you know uh, yeah well Tom's Vision that they, they tried that and and he did it better in that story. It's just it's definitely something that um, I hope you know there we we've talked about Marvel and their lack of evergreen titles but they have some stories that should be preserved or always available born again being one this is definitely on that list and and when you um true it's 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 great that tom someone who hasn't been working at marvel for long has a story featuring a character that has been in some miniseries and is pretty much only known as an avenger this is such a kick-ass story is there any way that uh, Tom doesn't win Breakout Star on the 11 o'clock Oscars? I don't think so. But, you know, if I were a writer in the business, I would be very, very scared of Tom. <laughs> no, seriously. Look at, I okay, Omega Men. I don't care what your feelings are about this character, but you have to admit, Omega Men is the best damn Kyle Rayner story ever written. Yes? Yes. Ah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just saying yes because I loved Omega Man and I don't know that I've read many Kyle Rayner stories. So, But I will say, I'll, I'll add another layer of icing on this cake. I think this is the best vision story I've ever read. Oh, easily. Right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's, so yeah, he that's takes these sure. characters that nobody really invests a whole lot. You know, okay, Vision's great. He's an Avenger. He's has, in, in the, in the, in the annals of Marvel history, Vision is a very important character. Kyle Rayner, not so much. But he takes these characters oh. that 
don't have the lime. Fair. I, I would say Kyle Rayner is analogous to Vision on a DC versus Marvel basis. Oh I no! Get a lot of flack from people who think no, it's very important. My he's, he's Kyle Rayner is a very them, important DC character. Okay, all right. He either had his own book or been a prominently featured hero in a book for pretty much our for what he's, 50, he's 20 years. The of the Green Lantern. Okay, but yeah. but when when you buff off the paint, he's second string. Kyle Rain, oh, Kyle Rain. Vision, Vision has rarely been featured prominently. I mean, Vision has always been a supporting character. Oh, Bronze Age, though. the Avengers. Come on, Bronze Age. Bronze Age Vision was up front all the time. But again, but only in a group book, though. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had, but he had his miniseries, but of course it was Vision and Scarlet Witch. Right. He didn't have a yeah. solo. He no. wasn't able to fly on his own. Okay, when yeah. the boomerang comes back, what I'm trying to say here is <laughs> he takes these characters Bring it on, that don't have the limelight on them constantly. And he makes masterworks out of them. Like Omega Men is a certified, it's a bona fide masterpiece. This yeah. I think is too. Well, listen, you know, I would you be really criteria for freaking like, scared. To be, great, to be in a great status is you have to be able to show that you can write amazing works in multiple genres, in multiple styles. And yep. now, now, I don't know that Tom's gotten to like that Jason Aaron level where Jason can do the funny, do the serious. I think he can. He just hasn't necessarily shown it. But but so far we've got, like you said, we've got him crushing a B slash C list team book, right? Crushing it. Like best Omega Men, you know, definitely one of the better, yeah. if not the best Omega Men slash Kyle Rayner stuff. I don't know if You've I got him crushing the solo book in a very different, a completely unique way. I mean, a, a Morrison-esque approach to a superhero book, right? Something like a very, very genuinely unique book on the stands in an awesome way. Morrison couldn't do this. I I don't want to interrupt you, but Morrison couldn't do this. Morrison is not capable of producing a series as human as this. Because Morrison is up his own ass too much. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Let's not... I mean, Morrison is great, though, because he's been able to... like. What Morrison did with Animal Man is, I think, analogous to this in that he took a character that was in the periphery and okay. not a lot of readers gave two shits about it one way or the other and told a completely unique superhero story about the character. Uh, right? It was a superhero, but it was not – that wasn't what the book was really about. Right? right? right. Anyway, uh, then he's got – he's writing the biggest book of DC. By all accounts, doing well doing that. Yep. And then he's got an incredibly – and and far afield from superheroes, creator-owned book in Sheriff of Babylon that is also critically acclaimed and well done. So it's like, dude has had a, a couple years, man. Could it be Tom King? It's, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to sound petty, but I will. Uh, you know, go, going through this ish, this series, and I'm... Oh, I'm you're like, not going to go there, are you? Uh, ah, no, yeah, no, no, I'm going to go no, there, no, Lope. No, don't, 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 don't. don't. <laughs> All right, no, because I don't, I don't want to. All right, well, just no, forget no. it. Then. We'll, we'll, we'll talk afterwards, but I don't. Yeah, don't. forget it. What if? Yeah, it's a little hurt. It's all. It's it's understandable. <laughs> He's got another twenty years of his career ahead of him. Hold up. All right, let's move on. We've given Tom and company yeah, this crank far. Out. Yes, far yeah. enough. Batman I, number thirteen. Okay, no, I didn't read it yet. I have some fast stuff. Really fast stuff. Okay, okay. that's that's anathema to you, so that's okay. I know you guys know what. You guys know how much I enjoy Cinema Purgatorio from Avatar. Yes. Uh, I, we, I'm gonna go on record in saying that I think it's, um, it hosts some of Alan Moore's 
best work. It really does. I think, I think he is, he's in, in the short stories that are set inside the cinema, he's, he's not only investigating, uh, pop culture by way of the cinema and its effects on people, but he's, it seems more, a more human, a more, uh, emotional Alan Moore. So yeah, give me more of this. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've gone on at length about, the my love for cinema purgatorio um i've read issue seven it just came in my last box and um you know great uh chapter by alan moore and kevin o'neill the the code prue was was um disturbing on a whole uh bunch of levels and beautifully drawn by rulo uh caceres kieran gillen's modded is is fun so I'm, I'm loving this issue i'm going through it and mm-hmm. it's great um max brooks and uh michael de pascal's a more perfect union is a total wash i'm i have started skipping it because it's just not good uh I, I i don't like it but anyway so i get to the last chapter and it's christos gages and gabriel andrade's the vast mm-hmm. and i'm reading it and i'm like this seems really familiar to me what? It's, uh, okay, and then one of the characters said something, and I'm like, I have read this before. I've seen this before. Where have I read this? So I dug out the back, my, my other issues. The Vast, as published in issue six, is exactly the same as, it, as in issue seven. Wait, what? Yes. It's, this, it's the same friggin' story. In the so issue, they made an error. Oh. Now, see, that's that's the thing. Whether it's an editorial error or whether uh, Andrade was late with his work and did not meet the deadline and they just said, fuck it, mm-hmm. run last issues. This thing is $7. Cinema okay. Purgatorio is $7 an issue. If, yeah. if it was an editorial oversight or... Uh, a little bit of nudge, nudge, wink, wink on the, on the, ter- on the part of the publisher, it still sucks. Either yeah, way. Sure. So I'm like, Avatar, get your shit together or I'm going to stop buying this shit. I don't mm. care. You know, I no, don't. No, that's fair. No, really. It is. Cause when you're, look at no, the, that's crazy. What's the percentage of, it's a 48 page book and you have one of the chapters. You're paying for what you already paid for again. Give me yeah. a break. It's fucked up. So I'm like, all right, Avatar, you're on suspension for a little while. I'm going to still buy it, but if, you know, if you do it again, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think next issue should be like, have a little bit more pages for the same amount of money. Give yeah, it, give, it, give us a digital code for the next issue. Screw that digital. F that. I'm paying for a, oh, a, yeah. a prestige, p- prestige format book. I want, I want my due and I didn't get it with issue seven. Yeah. So, all right, whatever. It's no, not good. It's not, it's not good. I'm, I'm slowly making my way through all the stuff. That I procured at New York Comic Con. Okay. And, um, we're in the thick of things a lot at the cons and we grab catalogs willy nilly from whoever hands them to us. I know mm-hmm. I do. You guys do too to a certain extent. And one of the things that I got at New York Comic Con and I just got around to reading and I, I have to give Bandai some praise. I think I told you guys to take this when we were walking by the, the, the booth. It's the Gunpla Navigation Catalog 2016. It's from Bandai. It's all Gundam stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But Bandai shows how to do a damn catalog right. I mean, it's basically a pitch to buy their plastic Gundam models. That's all it is. But the sections are color-coded, and they tell you what is Gunpla. Well, it's Gundam plus plastic model equals Gunpla. And they tell you how to build the models. And then they, mm-hmm. they break it down. Yeah, you know what? If you like our models, we have different uh, strata of models. You can buy the HGs. You can buy the master grade. You can buy the perfect grade, blah, blah, blah. And then they say, all right, here's the evolution of Gunpla, and they go into it. And then they break down the history of Gundam. By nice. by all the TV shows, the films, the OVAs, they tell you who are the major players, what Gundams they used, and then they what like you know what I mean. And then they it goes into Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron Blooded Orphans, mm. gives you a little information on that. Then it goes into uh, Build Fighters and Build Fighters Try and Gundam: The Origin, and the text is voluminous. Like this thing is loaded with text. If you wanted like to know, no, seriously, if you wanted to know what Gundam was about, they tell you the story. They tell you the characters. They tell you the suits that these characters employ. Then, then they go into actual the art of building the models. They list all the models. The HGs, blah blah blah. Every suit is in here. The the master grade. And it's just like they put a shit ton of work into this catalog. And it's not just like go buy our plastic kits. It's like here's the universe in which these kits reside. Know it. And then if you like it, buy our – it's it's an amazing catalog. Did you guys read yours at all? Or did you just no. kind of – no? I didn't get it. Oh, damn. I failed. They even go into the SD Gundam, the super deformed Gundam. Like, this is amazing stuff. And it's a throwaway free catalog. Like, mm-hmm. y- y- it's exactly my point. Catalogs are throwaway. But this, I am going to put this in my library. If I ever have a question on a Gundam story I'm reading, I'm going to refer to this catalog to see what the hell's going on in there. Hopefully, it will answer my questions. Yes, I could Google it, but I'm a paper dude. So, I'm going to – I love this thing. I hope people picked it up at New York Comic Con. That's cool. Next. Go. Oh, you're done your speed round? I thought it was speed. That was a lot of speed. No, it was. It was I know. I'm not being facetious. I got books I want to talk about, but I just wanted to make people aware of that Avatar cock up and, and this gunplay catalog. Well, I want to hear Dak because he too. had already praised the vision over the course of the of the few of the of it coming out, so Broken Clock, right? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to talk to me about? Oh man, what do? Let's see. Um, well, I did uh, on since Jason mentioned it last week. I did read Moonshine Number Three. Yes. Mm. Um, I do not uh, get the impression that our wayward hero is um, is the werewolf. Okay. Um, which is, is fine. The, um, there are definitely uh, other things at play here. People can't be trusted. Uh, there's, um, but it's still it 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 looks fantastic. The characters are um, there. It doesn't feel like the stereotypical the prohibition era type characters you'd see if you saw a movie on like Turner Classic movie. They, they're Azarello seems to know uh, something about this era and 
what kind of crap these people would deal with and deal yeah. out. So uh, props to that. And Riso has a really good grip on, on especially the cars of the era, uh, but the clothing and, and everything in someone's house. So it, it's it's a solid package. I'm, I'm happy with Moonshine so far. Also caught up on Bloodshot, read the first two issues of Bloodshot USA. Yay. Yes. Um, and, uh, That's and time you caught up. I gotta, right? I gotta apologize. I thought I had the microphone on boot when I was searching for an image for Moonshine. Did you hear me typing? No. Oh, good. Very wow. I apologize. Um, the uh, yeah. So I finished Bloodshot Island. Read the Castaways issue where they were all uh, out at sea. Um, but uh, wasn't that great yeah, though? Like they all have their own little unique stories. They're bloodshots, but they're more. E- except the Quiet Man. Well, this is classified d- and duh and against right. race. But well, but you know you can tell. You could tell what everybody's era is based on their uniform, yeah. or obviously, right, you know, right, Soviet one. So the Quiet Man is that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if maybe that's. Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm, I, at a, first blush, it's kind of like Desert Stormy to me a little bit. Well, it's a, it's a um, commentary on on modern um, uh, governmental procedure. Like we knew more back in the day than we know now. Everything's all hush-hush and need yes. to know. and, and Yeah. Top seat, black Privacy pri- privacy's a big thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a feeling that things are going to... I, I don't know if... Um, I, I think this is Koval's swan song. I don't see him escaping this. If, 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 if it's kind of like a letdown if he does. I, I understand Project Rising Spirit should probably still live on but I think mm-hmm. the person in charge of it who's oh. calling all the shots I think it's time for him to oh, he's, he's, he's not dead. Lex Luthor, he's not Harada I don't, he, he shouldn't exist because obviously they, right. they've, they've let Nanites out, anybody who's been in New York for the past month drinking the water is infected so it's not just limited to the people in New York if you're traveling, re- you're here he's removed. You know, say again you said something. Guaranteed. If if there's any justice in this in this thing, he'll be removed. E- right, yeah. You know, by either the the higher ups or or the know, Nanites or Bloodshot and Company. Yeah. Right. It, it's so it's. I mean, he's been going. It, it's it's been long enough with him, and and he's been. Um, it, it, it's. I don't. He, he's not the type of of, of villain. Where you know you're always he, he always he's not Lex Luthor you know who, who's who's always just skirts that side and is is untouchable and you just you want to see him get his but you know he never will this that that's not who his character is but no uh, no seeing everybody come together and and uh, it, it's I'm glad it's separate. From or they decided to to make this its own miniseries uh, and I'm sure Bloodshot will return when. It probably is a new series when um, when this is over, but uh, considering we're bringing other characters in, uh, it, it feels bigger than just a regular issue of Bloodshot or part of the Bloodshot series. In the Bloodshot series, those those eighteen issues are fantastic. Between the whole everything he was dealing with and the Analog Man and and with finding magic and uh, Diane Festival after him, I mean that that was yeah. That was solid. Lemire's was kicking ass on that, uh, but I think Bloodshot USA is it. It, it, it is. It, it feels like the natural progression from after you get the whole Bloodshot Island story. That it 
it's not like, oh, well, we got to go bigger. It, it just, it makes, I, I didn't get the impression that Lemire was like, okay, well, here, here's an island of bloodshots. Now we're just going to make a whole country full of them. After they get off the island and you realize that it was all just a training exercise for Deathmate, uh, with Koval wanting to, it, it, it's all about the money for him. You know, he wants, he wants to make sure that everybody's aware that when we swoop in and save the day, uh, the sky's the limit. We, we, we can write our own ticket and everybody's going to come to us because they know we saved the day and anything we want, it will be ours. And in order to do that, he has to infect a lot of people. So again, I just felt that the, this miniseries is a nice, uh, addition to the, uh, to, to carry on the story that Lemire was telling in the main bloodshot yeah. series. Let's, can we it, keep it a little real? Go ahead. Sure. I think Braithwaite's work looks a little rushed here. Man, I don't agree at all. I really like the work. At all. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I, um, it just looks not so much in the first Bloodshot USA, but the second issue, it looks a little – because he likes to go in a um, little heavy on the shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh this it, the 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 second issue. There's not a whole lot of that, and whether that's the anchor or you know the source, I don't know. But it's just issue one and issue two. Oh, there there they, isn't one. It's it, the the artist by Braithwaite and colors by Brian Reber, and it looks. It, I'm getting that penciled look that I was getting on Imperium or Unity or the other books that he. Was yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so maybe Ron Garney stuff. Maybe it's, it's right. Maybe it's just the, there was a crunch. I don't know. But I, I just thought I mean, that, he's, he's drawing crowd scenes. I mean, you, you have infected people in New York. He's not just yeah. That's issue one. Letter route. No, oh. no. In, in issue two, when uh, when Livewire is infected, and she's got a bunch of people chasing her, and and he's got you know, and, and Magic finally leaves the building, and and she's um, there are he didn't I, I didn't see a lot of shortcuts. So I mean, maybe there. There were some tangents, especially there was one page where, um, no, there's a panel where it's half of Bloodshot's face and he's feeling all mopey and sorry for himself, but then Ninjak cuts in and that was, it it almost looks like there, his head was coming out. But I mean, no, overall, I didn't, um, I'm not, I'm not as put off by this Braithwaite art as as I've been on on past books. I don't. Okay. It's different than, well, we were getting out of bloodshot between La Rosa and, and Swain and everything else. Yeah. yeah, it is. But, um, but no, I'm not, uh, okay. I didn't, wasn't appalled, but it's, uh, no, but the bloodshot <laughs> USA, uh, it's quite enjoyable. I did not, Vince, unfortunately, did not get to read the next issue of Britannia. So it's okay. I'll we can save that for next week. Yeah, hopefully. exactly. We'll tag team on the next. Uh, That's not a book you want to get short shrift to because I think it's it's incredible. yeah. I've got I've got the first three. Oh, it's right incredible read book. Yeah, I read the first. I didn't think I was really going to dig it, but after reading the first issue, it, can't believe uh, you guys got me into the Valiant. Yeah, nice. I'm trying to see how it it connects to the Valiant universe. I mean, yeah, I, I just read issue oh, three. It it's like not obvious. Uh, no, because it it takes place in the time of the the Romans and and yeah. the Empire. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and unless you know one of these or one of the witches, <laughs> something to do later on. I'm right? thinking that's I'm thinking something maybe maybe the Vestal Virgins. There's a Geomancer connect. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But it's it's 
disturbing and sexy as hell. Go ahead. Yeah, but speaking of geomancers, I was quite pleased with the second issue, the last page of the second issue of um, Bloodshot USA. Um, and let's see what else. There was um, yeah, a couple other things from Valiant that I still have to get to, but I did read um, – uh, what the hell was it? Uh, aside from Moonshine, I caught up for Vince. Yay! I caught up on some action comics. <laughs> so we can tag team on that if you want, and then I, I you guess do it up. I, if, if Jason's hungry, he can go make a sandwich or something. But <laughs> no, it's pretty cool, Jason. Um, there, short of it is, there are a couple of uh, hunters after Lex Luthor. Well, mm. I even went before you get into that. I went back to when I last left off. Oh, so I read the the two issues where um, we were trying to get to the bottom of who the hell this Clark Kent is. Yeah, okay. Leaving more questions than there well, were. Well, then answers. go. You take it then. Um, no, no. I just I, I read those two issues, um, and then I read the two issues about Lois Lane because the Lois we know, the Lois married to this Superman, the Lois from pre New Fifty Two, uh, she is now masquerading as the new 52 universe Lois Lane. Yep. And um, and so she's trying to pick up where she left off and uh, Lana Lang appears and explains that uh, this Lois is dead. And uh, so there seems to be an interesting... So Superman gives a signal watch to Clark Kent. Lana came clean and told our Superman that she's Superwoman, and now Lois is aware of this as well, and Lois now knows that Superman gave Clark a signal watch. So there are, I'm not saying that there were secrets and they've been revealed, but it's interesting to see, it, in, instead of having things weighed down or, or, or making a big deal out of something, it's like Lois will think that, oh, okay, well, I don't know who the hell this woman is who's looking for Superman, and she mentions Clark, and I don't know who, which Clark she's talking about. And nobody really knows what the connection is between Lois and Superman, but at least between Lois and and Superman, everybody's cards are kind of on the table. But uh, So, yeah, so you have the two issues with Lois, and she's going to now do a um, an interview on Lex, which just – he owns the paper, so it, aside mm-hmm. from yes, it feeling like a puff piece or or something that uh, you know just something that the publisher wants to say about himself, he could just you know put out a page in the paper and talk about himself. It just there at least Lois can use this to kind of spy on him because he was monitoring this Earth's Clark Kent, and so. Lois is doing her thing. She's back at the Daily Planet, so the more things change. But now, the last three issues, 967, 968, 969, are focusing on these two hunters that, that Vince was mentioning and how they are after Lex Luthor because there have been visions where he is going to be pretty much the new dark side, the, the ruler of apocalypse and wait, what? Yep. No good can come of this. Uh, the, how do you feel the, about that, Vince? Well, no, it's, it's the, the, the one, um, bounty hunter, uh, they, they've consulted the spheres and the spheres are infallible in seeing the future. And the spheres reveal that Lex Luthor will step into the void created by the demise of dark side. And he will be 
as bad, if not worse. So they, 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 they take Lex Luthor and they're going to kill him. And Lex is like, you're going to kill me because of something I may do? The, the possibilities there? Like, I didn't do this yet. You're going to kill me for something I, I may or may not actually accomplish? And they're like, well, this, the spheres do not lie. But you could tell that the, um, the main, what's the, God Slayer. The, what the God Slayer is having second thoughts because he's, He's like, it is as it should be. And he's like, well, Jesus, I've been doing this for too fucking long. I just want to stop doing this. But they pulled him back in because this is, they, they said all of your entire career up until this date has, has led to this. Like this is worse than everything you've, uh, he has a history of, of writing wrongs. He's very good at what he does. Everything you've done up until this point has been nothing compared to this, which is Lex Luthor becoming the the big bad the new dark side mm-hmm. of apocalypse and i i'm just thinking david could they have could this future have been the previous lex luthor of this world because in, in with the rebirth and everything everything just you know switched over right this lex is not bad per se i mean yeah, he kind of kept his sister in the basement a little bit, and 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 you know he's not, but he's not exactly dark side material, is what I'm saying. Um, Could not the, not yet. No, no, he's not. He he's not. He is still trying to. This Lex, presently, he's not looking to have people under his feet. He doesn't want to rule from on high. <laughs> he wants to be known as a savior. He he see he's taking he's seizing the opportunity. He's taking advantage of the fact that Superman died. There is no Superman on our world. I am going to fill that void. I'll be Superman because this this symbol means something. So I'm I'll just I'm so selfless. Let me take it on and I'll I'll just take care of everybody. Uh there, he's a Luthor, so there are obviously there's always going to be ulterior motives. I do not. Yeah, there's pride involved in it. You know, but it, it's no. There's still I until I'm proven, until I'm shown otherwise, and I haven't been shown yet. I am still based on all my years of reading Superman comics. I am not going to all of a sudden go. I'm going to give this Lex the benefit of the doubt. I can't do it. So there's no. He may not see the thing is after the Dark Side War with the whole thing with the Justice League and, and they were on Apocalypse. I mean, Lex is rolling around with a mother box, dude. There are things that and he did he, shoot his sister, right? In well, he, in the Dark he, Side War, there are. I'm pretty sure, and she's I, got I, a mother box too. Everybody's got a friggin' mother box. So I can't. No, may this be the. Is he going to become <laughs> dark side? Probably not. But I, I don't think he should be sentenced to death. Obviously, but um, no, I don't. I, I don't think that um, a Luther is a Luther because even when yeah. even when they tried to, mm-hmm. hey, no, it's it's Lex's illegitimate bastard son from Australia. I mean, even then, <laughs> it's like you know, you, you, stop, dude. I, I want to be redundant. <laughs> Such nice hair, though. What? (laughs) Such nice hair. Nice hair with the beard and everything and banging Supergirl. Uh, She she wasn't really Supergirl, though. She was making. I know, yeah. Banging some silly putty. There were just. Yeah. It was. 
silly. And when that was when that was revealed, it's like still, it's like the fucking Lex is Lex. So you can't. Yeah. No, I'm not. I, I uh, you're not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Not this dude. No, not yet. No. Anyway. But Jason, it's kind of cool because um, the the bounty hunters, uh, Lacal, and uh, this other one is giant. He's like a, a you know bad rock size, like like Zade. They think Superman because he has the House of L mm-hmm. symbol on his chest is in league with this Lex Luthor. And uh, so they they shoot him in the face and try to take him out. The face. But, yeah, they shoot him right in the face. But no, it's, you know, um, uh, visually. I don't think Tyler Kirkham has looked better. Okay. It, it, you gotta admit, this is a... I gotta stop from Dap on that this one. This is a, no, <laughs> I think it's a massive advance over the first couple issues. I, I agree. I agree there. And it started off strong, but as the, the, the second issue progressed, um, I wasn't, it, there's, it's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to diss. I'm not, it, it it's not yaoi, but it is, there's definitely some <laughs> manga faces going yeah, on. He's some of these dudes where it's like, I'm like, Oh, why can't we just, and then the third issue is by Zercher, like, which, away from rabbit pole, right? <laughs> it's just the, the Zercher, I know Vince, and I, 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 I gave you the better, I'm like, all right, so he's telling me that this, that this Kirkham is better. And it was, it is better. Then when they kicked off action and, and uh, relaunched it with the rotating. Um, Zercher has even, a lot of problem drawing Lex's face. Um, he does. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but go ahead. No, no. They, there was uh, – but now – the gist of it is going into the next issue, going into the 970, which isn't out yet. There, um, Superman has to save Lex, and um, yeah. but we find out in 969 that uh, since God Slayer has been doing this for a while, all and and basically he's doing all of this just so that he can he can finally rest and be with his wife and daughter who are dead. Uh, he just. He's had enough, like Vince was saying, and he he goes to the person who the pointed him, and, and he's like, "Listen, he's like, I'm I'm done. I, I did everything. I saved so many people based on based on the knowledge of this, based on what yeah. the spheres told me. You're doing this a long I, time. Everybody who I've killed, everybody who's alive has benefited from those deaths. So I've I I've put a lot of fucking credit in the bank. Um, I'm done. And that's when they find out about Luthor and she's like, yeah, no, you're not, you're not done yet. It, it, she's not saying, you know, you, you, she, I can't let you go, but she is definitely like, no, no, there's, there's still, he's like, no, he's like, then, then when does it end? He's like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so the big dude, that's um, a thankless job though, because he has to kill them before they go bad. So right. he he goes into these people's houses or wherever they are, and, he, and yeah, and he kills them. And the kids and the parents are like, "What the fuck, Daddy's not bad." No, but he was going to be he bad. Will be. Yeah, so now he's dead, and you um, and you suck. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you have um, that she um, she calls on Zade, and and she's like, you know, you have to you have to show him. You have to tell him the error of his ways and, and let him know that he still has one more yeah. to take care of. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not lying to my friend. I'm not, um, 
I'm not going to manipulate the visions. So it's, it's it very well could be that whatever visions the Godslayer has been seeing, um, may have been fed to him. So, uh, or they may be a product of another part of the multiverse. They may be a previous or another Lex Luthor that may be in, you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily have to be this Lex Luthor. No, but this Lex Luthor was on Apocalypse. He was. So he it's, was. It, it, I mean, all the science point, I mean, yeah, by all means, you know, sure. We've, we've been, we've guessed a few things right here and there, especially with, 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 I think you'll well when you read Batman you'll find out, but there are things that um, okay. I, I think that uh, all the signs. I don't think Jurgens is trying to flip the script on us or anything. All the signs kind of point to what's been going on, okay, on this Earth with this Lex. That, that, that's my take. But you have to agree that Clark Kent is a douchebag. Oh, this Clark Kent is a massive. He's douchebag. a massive douchebag. J- Jason, they're coming for Lex. He should be in a burger. And, and Superman is like, uh, you know, I've got to help. I've got to, I've got to get. And and Clark's just like, why don't you just let them take him? Like, <laughs> like if 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 he's so bad, why don't you just let them kill him? Yeah, and I'm Superman's like, like, dude, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> and you can tell Lois, Lois just clenched when at, at uh-huh. she clenches at the very sight of Clark. She's like, I thank God that you're not this man. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, he, she, yeah. she's falling out of a window and she screams Clark and he's like, I'm right here. And she's like, oh, God. Not oh, you. shit, not you. <laughs> no, you suck. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm good. Yeah, really. right I like women. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> such an idiot. Uh, I wish you read the Superman books, Jason. They're so good. Oh, One no, of these I'm, days. I, I'm reading it. I'm enjoying it. I just not, I'm just behind. That's all. Okay. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not avoiding that book. All right. Cool. I got I, I got one more, but I'm I'm saving it, so I want to hear from Jason. Um, I see how it is. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, we touched on a bunch of the books that I really wanted to hit on. I would say that uh, um, I'm trying to think uh, seven. Oh, uh, so I I I joked a little bit when you said Poppy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, I was looking. I, I think the worst thing that Mark Miller and Poppy Kapoor are dealing with is that they seemingly put their book out the same week every every month that from that seven that from seven to eternity comes out. <laughs> right. Because it's it's just so hard for me not to compare the two. And that's, that's a rough comparison, you're right. I just think it's a rough comparison, man. I yeah. I, I first of all uh Should you talk about eternity reborn number three? Out. No, actually well if, if if you see the um if you look at the image if you look at the FTP, it's dated for next week. What is this? Seven to eternity. Seven to oh, eternity. So am I, am I, am I so, allowed to talk about it? No, no, no. Absolutely. No, I'm pretty sure you can because we have the re- we, we can talk about it. But um, although I don't know about their embargo, uh, but in that case, I'm saying it's not really fair because oh, right, okay. it, it it hurts them because you're reading it the same week. But no, okay. they they do come out a week. All right. Time. Well, then, just in case there's an embargo, and I apologize, I didn't realize it was next week. I mean, we get just to be clear, it's not like. There's nothing grimy going on here. We get image provides us the books to review every week, and so I don't pay attention to the actual release date. But I'll just say this: Seven Eternity. Recall after at the end of of issue three, we realize why the book is called Seven to Eternity because there are seven heroes that have to go on a mission to bring the Mud King 
on a multi-month treacherous journey to a wizard who can break the spell. And the reason for that is if they kill the Mud King like just outright, everyone that he's got a connection to via his whispers will die, and it's roughly half of the population. So he will millions of people will die if they just kill him. Right. So they're trying to bring him to this place uh, and breaking break the spell so they can kill him. And it's going to be a long, long, treacherous journey. And so issue four is the first of that journey. Um, and it's very interesting because you've got a bunch of people together in like a Western-style situation, very different, but they also don't trust each other. And none of them really trust Ocetus. And what's fascinating is that Ocetus himself acknowledges in the narrative that he is strongly considering breaking their trust and freeing the Mud King because the Mud King's whisper to him was that he could cure his cancer. And Ocetus is, is, is intrigued by the idea of getting cured so that he can then be alive to protect his family for everything that's, that's coming after that. So, you know, you just know that there's going to be a lot that goes on here. And, and we just, we just got the very tip of the iceberg in terms of, of the things that are going to be coming for, for the mud, for, for them as they try and transport the mud king to this, uh, wizard. Um, but just the artwork is just so stunning, man. It's just, yeah. I mean, you talk about detail. I, I, I can't fathom that Opeña is like, I, I, it seems like it must take him four days to do each page. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, it, it really it's is. not only the artwork too, it's the design of the pages. Like yeah. th- there are some pages where it's just exposition and history and, and, and retelling, you know, things in the past, but it, they're just so well designed. And, you know, if you want to compare that to, uh, Reborn, it's like night and day. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a reborn of four, and uh, it's just jank, dude. It's I, jank. I, I you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say jank. I think jank is <laughs> oh, being. Jank. It's not jank. It's not. It's there. It there, there's some good drawing going on in. Yeah, uh, the lion-headed dragon was cool. I see. I didn't think that was cool. I, I like, like the elephant with the like what with ing, with wings. That was yeah. Well, wave to him. He's our. He, he was our mechanic back at the. It's like. Why does every, why is just this, this leads me to more questions about, um, the reveal from the second episode, uh, second issue. Yeah. Why is, why, why in this little community does everybody just know everybody from their previous life? How is, how is right. nobody yet, a stranger yet, yet from? He's never seen the, his wife in like decades. So I, it, there's, I, there's other things going on here, obviously, but it's just, it's like, oh, and here's, yeah, this was our neighbor from down the street and you always kicked over his garbage can when you were driving. It's like, it's, it's just. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, I get that. You're right. But I, I just, I, I feel like it's just, this book is bland. The panels are too big. They are. They For are a fantasy huge. book, it's just bland, you know? Yeah. Some of the panels are too big. When you got a, you, you, you're taking up a quarter of your real estate with a dog's head. Like that's just, it's too much. The, the, and I, it just looks like they're trying to stretch out. And then you'll have some panels that are really dense. Yeah. Uh, the, the entrepreneur, when he goes to see, what was his name? Trader, Trader Coat. And those panels are, the, the information within each of those panels is really dense. And then you get another one where it's just like a hand. Or, a, I don't understand it. There's, there's really not, this, book does not have the visual panache that Batman had. 
And it, no. I'm not I'm not talking about detail or shadows. I'm just talking about design. This book is it there's something tasteless about this book. It it needs salt. It needs some spice. I don't know how, That's but flavor. It, yeah, it just needs something. Like a one panel with a giant lion's head is not it's not doing it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's just milk toast, right? I mean, it's like, it's like, oh, like, it's like, she's just like, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the gravity or the, no, it doesn't. Or, or, or it just, and it doesn't, it doesn't pull you in visually mm-hmm. in the way that, that Seven to Eternity has. No, the, um, but it's not bad drawing though. There's, the, what? The, it's not bad drawing. No, well, it's, it's not. It's really it's not. That's why it's, I did compare it, but again, if Bob, you know, Bobby Capullo wants to go back to the creator own world, dude's got to, you know, it's you got you to step up, up against a lot of very Represent. amazing art. It's your right. You're right. The, the colors I don't think are because, and the reason I'm saying the colors I don't think are doing it much much good. Glapion has posted his inks over Capullo's pencils, and the black and white images alone, they're popping. He did the one with the um. With the Lionhead Dragon, and and that looked really sharp, and he and he posted the color page right next to it, and I wasn't really feeling the color, and even on even on the screen, even on the iPad, I'm still not really in love with with the color of it. I, I think, yeah, I think Glapian's doing what he what what he can, but that just that's just a badly designed page. Uh, when, when you have the a panel on top, that's immensely bigger than the panel on the bottom it's off balance that pa- that not page loving the story though, no that man, page is off balance it really is and and i think i don't think the, the bottom panel is lined up like it's not in no. the middle underneath the bigger panel it shifted to the right a little. so no i mean he, I'm just no i understand what you're saying but that's not a concern for me it's just that the the, the weight of the bottom panel the, the the height is much mm-hmm. less than the top so right. you're off kilter to begin with it's I don't I don't know I I hate to 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 potentially dump on on Poppy but this is it's not a very interesting book it's really no, not no that's exactly right it's it's just not it's not by the numbers really that's not fair because I mean it is its own thing it's a fantasy book but it just doesn't it just doesn't it's just not engaging no there's no stretch the characters feel very two dimensional yeah me. the ships right. are like cookie cutter vehicles the the armors like uh it's rote it's just it's like, rote. real talk i feel like capullo you know he's like oh, i'm gonna go make some money because miller always gets his stuff turned into movies and he got a t- an old tsr dungeons and dragons guidebook <laughs> and he's like i'm gonna tweak this here i'm gonna tweak this there yeah i'm gonna give this guy armor i'm gonna give her like yeah, i don't know like it, you know just i look at opinion and the guy's building a freaking world yeah. that you can almost hear the heartbeats you're entirely smell right. the you know, just mm-hmm. I will not uh, counter anything you just said. It's, yeah. it's true. It's just, I mean, it. The art's attractive, panel by I panel. Keep, I keep reading it because I, I really have the last two years really enjoyed Miller's work. I mean, universally, every series I've enjoyed, but this one may be falling short for me. Sucks, but yeah, I think so. Just think about what kind of movie this would make. This would not be. I don't. I just. I can't see it. It's just. It's. It's. It, this sci-fi would make this movie. How about that? Oh, this, this would be a sci-fi movie. Oh, oh, oh. That's because Thanks, it's milk. Huh? It's milk toast. The designs Thanks. are milk toast. They are. And then you get to seven to eternity, and and 
wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love I love all the creators involved in Reborn, but it's just it's a mundane you know, workman work a day book. It's just not really yep. very exciting. All right. Um, what else? Much we love to uh, unworthy, unworthy Thor number two. Unworthy Thor number two. Nice. Uh, I mean, that's you know, that's Aaron Quapel's book. Yeah. Dap, Dap gushed about the first issue. Um, why much love? Well, first of all, the book looks incredible. I mean, Quapel, you know, started off the Thor reboot when it was Thor, when Aaron first took over, when it was the male Thor, and. It's nice to have him back doing that character. Um, and, you know, as a, as a child of the late eighties comics, you know, I got, I got a, a mad heart on for the, for the uh, elders of the universe and that, that long arc we had from them in the silver surfer Ron Lim. So anytime you're bringing me the collector, I'm on board. Yeah. Anytime you bring me Beta Ray Bill, I'm on board. Um, Paul Peldra is a slim at Beta Ray Bill. Too. Yeah, he really does. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, collector, uh, collector, collected Asgard. He's got Asgard, man. Like, uh, what's the, uh, like Candor style, you know? Asgard, you know, and, uh. Wow, super reference. What? Thor's got to do his do. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, do you assume that this is going to lead to Thor being worthy again? Do you think that's what this is all leading to? Yeah, probably. And do you think that's going to, is that going to also commemorate with, with Jane dying? Hmm. Oh man, I, she kind of, I don't want to say she kind of has to die, but I mean, it, it's, I don't know, I don't know how Aaron can write his way out of it. Cause every time she goes for chemo, she becomes Thor, it right. eradicates it from her system. So she's almost more sick. When she becomes Jane again, then yeah, uh, before. But it's, um, I mean, yes, I'm sure Odinson will wield it again. Um, it's, it's almost like it's his birthright at this point. But um, it's your birthday. It's it's going to feel kind of weird if um, if because she she flat out said, "Listen, I don't want I don't want anybody from." Asgard curing me. I don't want them to take away the cancer away. It's it, it, it's Which my is crazy dude. I know, I know. There's that. There, there's, 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 yeah, there, there's proud and then they're stupid. Yeah, right, right. In a world where magic exists, why wouldn't you accept a cure for cancer? Like that doesn't, you know, doesn't make you better than anybody else. It's right. Just, you know, if and and now that you've been sacrificing yourself because you're Thor, I, I think you and maybe maybe that'll. Turn around, maybe she'll feel you know that, that that she earned it at that point. But I, it, I'm curious to see how um, Aaron decides to either keep her around or, um, yeah. And and I don't, I, I don't, I didn't finish the second issue yet, but it, it's um, I, yes, I've been enjoying Jane as Thor, um, and I like. Odinson just kind of coming to terms and, and dealing with his current lot in life, but um, I I don't want to rush. I, I don't. I'm not in a hurry for the Thor to be Thor again. So um, 
I haven't really given a lot of thought as to this this series. And is this this is an ongoing? Because it doesn't say limited series on the cover. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I'm uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I um. Is yeah, anything I, I, an ongoing at Marvel? Like, well, yeah, or just read <laughs> it again, but because uh, there's a new Hawkeye, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. Um, I, I I haven't really thought of it, Jason. Hmm. Sure is a pretty looking book, though. Oh my god! Yeah. I have to take Jason to task a little bit. Whoa. Yeah, a little bit. Because you were like, oh, man, I'm reading this this chicken joint that I got going on. <laughs> and it's like Midnight of the Soul. You got to read this. It's, um, I read it. Well, I didn't read. I didn't get through all of it. And here's the reason why. I think I got further than it all. Yeah, yeah I bet you did. I, I lasted about 20 pages, 25 pages. I you know, I, I never thought that the words Ken Bruzenek and bad typography would ever come out of my mouth. But it is an eyesore, man. Am I right? I hate the word balloons, period. But yes, I mean the other the other sound effects and everything. They're they're not. No, the word balloons have like. I hate the fucking tails. The, the tails are, are ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Uh, flat, but, but but when they're on a white panel. He colors them, he colors the tails black so you know what, and it's just, yeah. it's just the, the consistency just kills it. But the whole thing is just way too digital for me. Howard's working the textures and the, the patterns like overtime. The, the coloring is way too digital. The, the typography, like there's one page where, um, you got a lot of gunfire and all the blam, 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 blam. They all have a drop shadow and they're like chisel type and there's a drop shadow interior in inside the type and exterior the type and all of the blam 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 they're completely horizontal like textbook how to design a boring friggin page like nothing is at an angle i just i'm looking at this like oh my god what a what's going on here this is i I, you did not finish it jason tell me you didn't finish it yeah, I was going to say, while it's cute that you want to take me to task, <laughs> I had said when we got the trade paperback, oh, snap, New Chaykin been meaning to read this. Let's get on this. <laughs> and fair to say, Vince, it's been a long time since we didn't enjoy some Chaykin. It has been. You're right. Right. So the like last was probably guess. Green Lantern yeah. with the, that, right. that, no. that 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 uh, Guy Gardner Green Lantern thing. Oh, my so, God. So, but no, I, I didn't even get a halfway through it. Yeah, it's, it's. I I, I agree with you 100. percent It's okay. just it's it's uh. There's there's not a lot going for it. It's wordy, but the dialogue's hokey. Yeah, I don't care one bit about the main it's, character. One iota. Do you think? think he's do you weird. think Howard is in a little bit of a rut? Because it seems like all of his things that we've read recently, and by recently I mean like two three years, it's like sex tick blowjob tick. Yeah. Uh, pulpy, um, uh, chiseled, uh, Bruce Campbell-esque hero right. with, click. With a, with a blonde ingenue. Yeah, click. Mm-hmm. It just, it just seems like the pattern is, is, uh, reworking itself every single thing that he does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, whereas like, I mean, visually, a lot of these characters look like they're straight out of Black Kiss. Mm-hmm. At least Black Kiss, he's American flag, all dude. They look like they're yeah, but I just, I just mean, but recently, it's just like, but at least that he's going all in. It's just carnal and raw. 
for the sake of it. It's over right. the top, and that. Makes but it he's enjoyable. not. But but aside this is from relatively reserved, I, it I, is. There's a blowjob yeah. in the beginning, and then that's it. it. Yeah. The rest of it is just is. But that that same sequence of panels with the bullet holes in the yeah. the Jew yeah. and then the Nazi. It's like, yeah. how many times do I have to see this? You, you it, I yeah. think it's in every issue. Yeah, it's a whiff. It's a whiff. Yeah. It is. None of the none of the characters are exciting. The lettering is like, I mean, the the effects with no that's um the uh the going back to uh, moonshine in the way Azarello's writing those characters in that era this this is not this is the they're the worst z-rated movies on Turner Classic Movies sound mm-hmm. better than the dialogue these characters are spewing i mean yeah. and even yeah. even the guys you might find interesting i mean the two gay guys are just, I mean, there's just, and, and, and Deidre, the girl, he, he ends up chatting up. It, it's just, there's just, yeah, no, this was not, I, I'm bummed because I, I, I you're shaking and it's like, fuck yeah, I, I need, I, Blade and, and yeah, well, I mean, not the Hawk girl stuff, but there, there's so much shaking. Bad, that but a lot of texture. So it's, you know, there's. I mean, even even when we joke around with the whole good shaking, bad shaking, and this, it's not art wise. I don't even think that we would put this in the bad shaking camp. It's just the it's packaging and, and just the 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 storytelling and and just and the story itself, boring AF. It's it's um, the characters are just not worth anybody's time. It it's it no you it, it's a whiff. Like okay. You said. Um, let me check my list here, see what I got to praise. Um, are you guys, uh, I don't know if you actually read Cannibal after I talked about it. Have any um, of you? No, not yet. From uh, Image? No, no. Okay, well, I read the third issue of Cannibal and, uh, story by Jay Young and I massacred this, this brother's name the first time around, so I will get it right this time. Brian Bucciolato is his name. Art by Matthias Bergara and uh, Bucciolato does the colors too, so he's writing it and coloring it. Um, I told you the the lowdown about uh, Cannibal was that a Hurricane unearths these um, uh, mosquitoes, ancient mosquitoes, and the mosquitoes carry this uh, strain of the yellow fever that hasn't been seen in like. You know, say you know, hundreds of years. Uh, Alphabet organization rushes a medicine out to combat this 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 yellow fever, and instead, it uh, causes zombie-like symptoms and cannibalism. Um, the while the 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 need for human flesh is the zombie-like symptom, they are not brain dead like zombies. They're just they're not autonomous. They they retain their their humanity and their their identity, and, and as such, they they regret. They're remorseful for a lot of them for eating human flesh. So, long story short, um, as of issue three, Cash is still in jail for beating on Jolene's uh, stalker. Uh, Jolene is still missing, but you got, there's this one uh, section of the, the issue where this, this old man Lang is going fishing and he's beaten to death by what looks to be a nine iron. Cause I, I golf and, uh, he, he's stashed in the trunk of a car. Um, 
uh, Grady and Danny have a talk. It turns out that um, uh, Louise, which I'm assuming is um, the sister of Danny's woman who gave birth to uh, Boone. There's a woman and child that are desperate to, to run into Danny. Why? We find out because Danny's on the run because his woman turned up dead. She was murdered. Now, whether Danny or not did it is we don't know. But um, long story short, someone within the narrative, I won't spoil it because this issue just came out recently. Someone in the narrative has a uh, person in their family that has turned cannibal and they are actually murdering people to feed their uh, relation. It's getting crazy. Like this is, I didn't expect this when I first read this book. I was like, okay, we're going to have a standard, you know, I love cannibalism. Give me a cannibal movie and I got a night, man. But um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different uh, wrinkles to this book and I like it a lot. Uh, I, it's, there's a mystery, obviously, which doesn't seem to be my thing, but it is. Like, I want to know what's going on with Danny and this murdered girlfriend slash uh, baby mama. Uh, what's going on with, with this whole Hogs River crew? Like, this is a – I got a feeling that this book is going to go on for, like, a nice stretch until we find out everything, uh, all of the different permutations of the, the, the narrative. Like I said, Cannibal, number three. It's It's good. Surprisingly good, mm-hmm. and it's it's not. Is, it, is this a Skybound book or is this just? I do believe it is a Sky. No, it's. Uh, okay. I don't. Th- no, it's not a Skybound book. Okay, it says Image, right? Skybound. There's it has the uh, the Skybound symbol. This does. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This does not have it. And uh, again, the cover is uh, tailored in the the fashion of a. a liquor bottle because you know all they got to do in hogs river is is drink and and fight yeah there's a really neat part in this issue where uh a couple of locals take danny to task it's like you know dude all this weird shit started happening when you came to town we're gonna kick your ass and they kick his ass and the sheriff comes and ends up taking danny to jail not the locals and they throw Danny in the in the the cell with Cash, and he's like, "Danny, what the hell did you do?" And he goes, "I wasn't born here." And that's small town USA, right there. You come in, you're an outsider. You are different. It's it's like xenophobia, right? Uh, it's a it's a very good book. A pleasantly pleasantly surprised. I'm going to stick with this one from that's Image. Cool. Yeah, from Image. Now I'm the only one of us that's seen. Uh you are, oh, one, you, right? you bastard. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. I Way to be timely for our fans, boys. I heard um, that um, um, the last movie was a uh, admission that the series is in good hands and that Rogue One is the very first Star Wars that stands on its own. Like the last one owed a lot to what came before, but this one is is uh, you know 
breaking new ground in new, going into new areas and it it's a it's a it's its own entity where the 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 last one force awakens was entirely uh you know prove it it was a prove it moment and they did you agree with that yeah so we'll also force awakens is 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 a giant fan service movie right it's all about i think jj so. paying giving us all what we crave from the prequels that we didn't get. Um, this is the first of the, I mean, some are trying to call it the expanded, expanded universe, but it's, you know, these are, they're the chapter movies, which we've got two more, you know, eight and nine. And then there are these other films and there's going to be a Boba Fett film and there's going to be many others. And they're going to be the fill in, you know, the, the movies that Disney puts out every year that they're not putting out a main, main movie. Um, and then after that, um, you know, I won't get into any of the plot because you guys are haven't seen it. Um, I will say that uh, I think the mixed. Well, I mean, it's been generally positive reviews, but I think the consternation some are having is a misunderstanding of what this movie was from the start. Which is this is not like this is you know this movie takes place right before A New Hope, but it's not three point five, right? It's not movie three point five. It's it's is a war movie. The other seven are high adventure, right? They're feel-good movies. They are good guys triumph over bad guys, and you love the good guys, and they live to fight another day. This is a war movie. Group of people given an almost impossible task and pay a very heavy price in pursuit of that task. You know, it's like the Dirty Dozen, the Big Red One, Bridge Over the Verquai. Like, it's like that, right? That's that's the kind of movie it is in tone, in feel and outcome, um, and I think it's I think it's masterful for on a, some levels in that in spite of it being its own movie, um, I think it does an amazing job of fitting perfectly into the continuity. In as much as it not only doesn't contradict anything that happened in the prequels or Empire, I mean, or or New Hope, but it also add some backstory to a new hope that resolves some things that, that we didn't think about or care about when we saw a new hope as kids. But if we were adults and saw the movie, we might be like, well, that didn't make any sense. And this, this seeks to address those issues. Acting was great. Um, I would say if there's a, if I'm being fair, the, the movie, if you were looking at in thirds, first third, mm, okay. Little borderline boring middle third, Better, hats up and downs. Final third, incredible. So, you know, not a perfect film by any stretch, but but definitely a a very very good film. And if you're a Star Wars fan, I don't see how you don't come away loving this. So, so um, the majority of people on the planet, you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on your era, though, right? Like, I think. If you're old enough where New Hope and Empire and Return of the Jedi are like the canon for you, then this is going to make you smile a lot. Good. If you're a young fan, like I know lots of people whose kids really grew up on the prequels and then Force Awakens, and the kids were really disappointed in this movie. Because again, this isn't a feel-good movie where you meet new characters and then can't wait to see what they're up to the next movie. I mean, for the majority of these characters, we're ne- we're never we're not seeing them again because this was a prequel, right? It takes place mm-hmm. right before New Hope, so we're just not we're not going to see these characters again. 
the next one they're doing is a Boba Fett movie. It's not like you're just not going to see them. So I think some of the kids were disappointed in that. But well, you mean there's not going to be like a Rogue Two or Rogue Three? No, no, because we know what they do. With the, well, we know what the this the movie takes place in literally. Yeah, it, this movie ends, and again, it, like it ends shortly before A New Hope begins. Oh, so okay. We know what happens after. We've seen it. We'll see other Star Wars stories, but just not this story, not with right. these characters. Good. Right. I've been blissfully ignorant of, of anything about this movie. I don't want to know until I sit my ass down in the theater. Right. And yeah. Say same. It. Same with me. I mean, I've I've seen some of the some of the commercials, and I I knew that it was basically you know the minute prequel right before Episode Four. But I um yeah, as far as who the characters are, what they do, what what who's who, I I. Uh, I've been blissfully ignorant, so hopefully, hopefully I will see it before we record next week. There's a Even bananas if- aspect to the film in terms of the use of technology to create a part of the film that it's like a new era of yeah. filmmaking. And uh, since you might not have any idea what I'm talking about, I'm not going to get into it. But I'm dying for you guys to see it so we can talk about it because I think it's. From a discussion of filmmaking, it's pretty bananas. Okay. So, I'm being intentionally vague because I, like, again, there's, it's, it's no, it's no shit type of thing when you realize what actually is going on. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Leave it at that, yeah. Leave it at that. Caught up on Ash vs. Evil Dead. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, uh. Oh, but, shit. But you didn't find time to watch Outcast, though. Oh, hell no. I'll get to oh, it. Oh, that's what I have to look for. Hell no? no but Ash vs. Evil Dead? Come on. Yeah, come I on. I started the shit. second season. I, I, I'm two episodes in. Oh, you got to the, like the mortuary? Ash. I got to the mortuary. With the dick? Oh, my that God. Shit, that shit was literally nasty, dude. <laughs> oh, fucking, the, the, the corpse's guts, Jason. <laughs> grab Ash. And shove him up its ass. And so he's, he's like, <laughs> not the asshole. And the, not, and it just, <laughs> the dude has a, like a dick ring. Yeah. And he's getting shoved up the guy's ass. Like, oh. <laughs> the dick is like, hitting him in the chin. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nastiest shit. I lost um, it. I was watching. I, I was like, oh my. show is <laughs> it's, it's fucking. Uh, it's so great. How do they get away with sodomy on a TV show? It's, it was his head. Yeah, no, and and the, the, the court it was it was obviously it was it's it stars. was a dummy body because it was it's cut stars, open and it was so. on the yeah. table, but yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my god! And Lucy Lawless uh, looks good. She, she does look. She good. does look good. Kelly has nice. grown on me. I didn't think Kelly was all that attractive first season, second season. Oh, she's, oh, I like yeah. her. She's got a. Yeah. She's she's of the tribe. Yes. Yeah, she's very attractive. Yes. So anyway. All right, what are we doing? Let's look at the clock. We've been doing this a long time. Yeah, that's because we had stuff to open. Yeah. So, um, before I forget... <laughs> the dick the, ring. Um, oh, my God. It? What? The dick ring. That just makes, it makes me cringe. The dick ring. Right there. Like, why do, why do people do that? Quit looking at yours and just... Kind of oh, yeah. Up. Never. I don't have enough to put a ring in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um... So I decided to go down the Wayback Machine a couple weeks ago. What you got? And and uh, read a five issue crossover from um, 1989, and it uh, 
starts in Batman and carries over to the New Titans, and it is basically um, the birth of a new Robin when Jason Todd decides to start wearing the cape. And uh, A Lonely Place of Dying, it, it takes place after the death of Jason Todd. And Tim Drake is, um, there's someone following Batman and, and, uh, realizes that Batman's kind of losing it and, and not being as careful as he used to be and taking chances. And, uh, it's obvious that he needs something. He needs a tether and, and, uh, and it's something that Robin has always been able to do. And Tim, is a master detective and pieces things together and realizes and and the way um Marv, Marv Wolfman is your writer of um of the story and and George's co-plotter Jim Aparo and, and Mike DiCarlo do the art on Batman the Titans issues are um are by illustrated by Mr. Grummet and McCloyd so so yeah, um, actually the first issue, the first two Titans issue, George is the penciler, Bob McCloud is your anchor, um, and then uh, Gromit takes on uh, New Titans number sixty one. But Tim is imploring um, Dick. He finds Dick Grayson, and he, he he's begging him to go back to Batman. He's like, you know, because Batman needs Robin, and, and Dick's like, dude, I'm I'm like a a grown ass man. And I'm not going to be Robin again. And, and, and I've gotten out of Batman's shadow, so I can't become his sidekick again. Uh, but the, as you realize how, how Tim was able to piece it all together, uh, when he, you, you get a background on his origin and, and his, um, his parents took him to, uh, the Haley Circus. And he saw the flying Graysons and he was actually in, in the audience the night, uh, Dick's parents were killed. But there's a, there's a, a move as part of the routine that Dick performed that nobody else can really do. And Tim started to piece things together shortly after the incident at the circus because he saw a, he saw a news clip. He saw footage of, um, Batman and Robin. Taking out, um, may have been Penguin. He was, he was taking out, it, it, taking care of some rogues and Robin did this acrobatic move that only Dick Grayson could kind of do. So once he started, uh, piecing things together, realizing that, uh, Dick Grayson became Batman's ward, Bruce Wayne's ward. And, and, uh, that's shortly after when Robin showed up and it, it didn't take a super genius to figure everything out. Um, Knew that uh, there was a new Robin later on, being Jason Todd, and then uh, finding out that Jason had died. And as he's following Batman, seeing that Batman's getting a little reckless, um, th- these five issues just really kind of, instead of just, hey, here's your new sidekick, kind of like we did with, with Jason Todd, even the first time with Jason Todd where um, Killer Croc had killed Jason's parents and um, Batman decides to adopt him. Uh, or the second time when he's basically the piece of shit trying to steal Batman's hubcaps, there are, um, 
there's actually some some depth here and and we which i think helped people actually care about it. when i think of robin now i don't I, I haven't thought of grayson as robin for so long if i think of batman and robin it's it's it has been for a long time it has it, it's tim drake who's robin to me so um this really i think helped cement people to give a shit about and, and i mean after this robin had what he had three miniseries before his own ongoing and and uh it's is obviously a character with staying power, but I think, you know, I hadn't read this particular, I remember buying these, these issues off the stands because I was buying both books at the time, but, um, I have not revisited this story in years. And it, it, it's still, it doesn't, I mean, the two face stuff, because that, that's the bad guy and some of the, some of the traps that Harvey and, and Bruce are laying for each other, um, are kind of cheesy, but overall, as far as the the main part of the story and and trying to ground Batman again and let him realize that uh, he needs someone <laughs> in his life that uh, the void that Robin can fill that um, I think it was a it was a pretty cool story. So if you can find these five issues, if you can find this trade, uh, check it out. I I it it I remembered enjoying it as much as I did. So. That's just been something that I've cut off to the side for a while. Like I said, I read it a few weeks ago, and I, I, I hadn't had a chance to bring it up, probably because we were always talking about Batman in one way, shape, or form. So I didn't want to um, go overboard with it. Makes sense. I think so. Yeah. Next week we got to do um, what is it? Uh, Batman thirteen. Thirteen. Yep. I, I think you'll like it. You know it. Would it Good. Sorry. It's just it's weird. You got Batman that's on issue thirteen, and then I'm I'm thinking, oh, I got to read Trinity. What is it on now? Like twelve? No, Trin- no. Trinity's only up to issue four. Yeah. It seems like the monthlies are dra- weekly. Right. The monthlies are dragging, but the but you know the biweeklies are kicking. But it's just it's of course because it's increased frequency. But I want like I want there are some monthlies I want more of like Trinity. And and well, I'm gonna say it, and you're gonna scoff at it. But like Blue Beetle, you know, I want mo- I want more of that. I like mm-hmm. the I like the the biweekly, but I also wish the monthlies were more. But what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say I caught up on Detective. Nice, um, super fun. But I have to say, uh, for me, the Mad Men arc was that was I didn't like it as much as the other stuff. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just didn't care for it. I don't know. I just didn't thought it was a mess. The Mad Men stuff. Which Mad Men stuff? The monster. I'm not Mad. Not Mad Men. Monster. The monster. Oh, the monster. Oh, the crossover. Yeah. I knew yeah. what he meant. I didn't want to correct him. Yeah. Sorry. No, because no, I, I thought maybe it was the um because the most the the recent arc that I haven't finished yet is is the Victim Syndicate. So I didn't. I wanted to make sure I wasn't. No, it. no. Sorry. The mom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the crossover was kind of whack. To be honest with you. Well, it was probably editorially ma- mandated. Yeah, yeah. Which is stupid when you're you're just kicking off a, a whole rebirth thing. Right. It doesn't yeah, I love it. Clayface in this book, man. He's, oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he really is. He's hella powerful, man. Sure. <laughs> yep. You know, Makes and I have to say, uh, I haven't read a lot of Tim Drake, but has he always been a super genius like this? Yes. Okay. Is it hella impressive? Yep. Yeah, he is, uh, and even, and 
I like it when one of the other ones is like, why are you even a superhero? Like, why right? are you like, <laughs> it's like, so smart? Like, just be smart. Which is what he was trying to do. He was, he's like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to college now, but, um, that's something that even Dick realizes when we first meet Tim. It's like, you know, the kid is, the, the kid is relentless and, and he is a lot. He's he's smarter than anybody else that, that Batman's had as a sidekick, um, and he can probably bring it when it comes to the detective game with Batman. There's there's no doubt that um, they can play off each other. So I mean, Tim Tim was impressed. Tim was impressive when he was first introduced, um, but yeah, it's it's only that uh, it even has built upon that, but no, he's as, as far as I remember to do, has always been, uh, a step above. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's like I said, it's, it's a great team book. Um, I think they're doing a nice job of giving moments to every character. Um, which is an important part of a team book that I think often doesn't happen. A lot of characters end up being window dressing and, um, yeah, it's well, it's well done. I, like I said, it's just, uh, just the, the monster stuff just didn't quite, I've never really gotten Hugo Strange really. I don't know as a character, maybe I just haven't read the right stuff, but never quite vibe with him. So he has, yeah. I mean, aside from the, um, the Matt Wagner mini from a few years ago, the that's, which is basically kind of just, expanding or fleshing out uh, a short story that was back from the 40s. Um, although the only time I really found Strange intimidating or any sort of threat was um, back in the day when Don Newton was the artist on the book because he could really, between with the glasses and the beard, um, it was a hell of an image. But that's pretty much the last time I ever gave a crap about Hugo Strange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, on the subject of Tim Drake, I think uh, I I think Identity Crisis effed him up. It did because of Dad. Yeah. Um, that was, and that was a little confusing for me for a while because I thought because every well, I mean not not every the first two Robins they lost their parents, and I realized that you know, Tim still had his, but then mm-hmm. I guess his dad was still around, but then Dad was. Um, did something, did, did, did he, not, not a vegetable, but something happened to dad, I thought. But then around identity crisis, he's up and about shortly. And then, uh. <laughs> yeah, for a little while. So, so, but yeah, no, there was, there was a little bit of a uh, up and down with me when it came to his dad because, yeah, and then I and guess. And the thing with point, Stephanie too. And that, that, I'm not even going to get into that because obviously Stephanie became Robin for a hot minute, killed her off, only to bring her back. And this is all pre-Flashpoint, but right. Um, and now, obviously, they were an item. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping, and which is why when I got to that page in Detective, and and he went out standing tall, that that effed me up, and then and oh, I mean. My, my thoughts are known on when we got to the end of the issue, but 
Yeah, I think Identity Crisis probably didn't do the kid any favors. Right, right. All right, shall we uh, bring this baby on home? Bring it home. Bring it on home. Oh, boy. If you want to get comics inexpensively, there's only really one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, where you and all your buddies and family members and pets can get the absolute lowest prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as from Marvel, Rob Liefeld plus Deadpool plus OGN equals awesome. This is the Deadpool Bad Blood OGN. It's a hardcover. It'll cost you $12.49. That's 50% off. From DC, we got the Flintstones Trade Paperback Volume 1 for $8.49. And from DC and Boom, it's uh, Planet of the Ape Green Lantern Number 1. Uh, six issue, five or six issue miniseries of which this is the first and you can get it for half price, $1.99. I don't have any of your travels. Bullshit. I don't because I'd be saying, okay, read Deadpool or, uh, Bloodshot USA or read Batman or blah, 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 blah. In your travels, it's the holiday season. Go out and be nice to somebody you don't know. How about that? I like it. I'm not saying throw money at people, but just be friggin' nice to somebody. Hold a door open for somebody or do something that doesn't cost much, but acknowledge that there's other human beings on this planet other than yourself. Do it. Look at you. Yeah. That's sweet. I'm trying. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, not that I can top that so in your travels easily uh check out the uh limited series cage by jendy tarakovsky um which takes place apparently in the 70s it is crazy uh anchor is uh stephen Stefano, uh, and your colorist is Bill Ray. It is, um, the first issue I mentioned a while ago where Luke is just trying to get himself situated so he can go out on a date with Misty Knight that night. Um, gets to her crib. Cyclops is there and hijinks ensue, but, um, Luke gets attacked. And the second issue is just freaking nuts. Um, Ends up in the jungle. Um, snake tries to bite Luke in the hand. Luke says, fool, you can't bite through my skill hard skin and punches the snake, gives it an uppercut. It, it, it looks ridiculous. It reads ridiculous. It's funny. It's crazy. It looks amazing. Um, I, uh, it's, and it's old school. Luke Cage was wearing the yellow shirt, the chain belt, got the tiara on, but it is, um, it's trippy and it is, um, it, there is an amazing Wolverton page, um, at the end of the second issue. But, um, yeah, no, that definitely check it out. The third issue, um, I am about to start reading, uh, you're warned that the cover has nothing to do with what's inside the issue. <laughs> it's sexy as hell, though. Uh, 
It is. Uh, and then you open up that first page and there's a sexy looking Misty Knight. But yeah, no, the, the, the shit's nuts. It, it reads, it feels like a live action cartoon. Um, live action. It feels, it reels, it feels like an animated short. Um, it just, it looks that way. And it's, it's a hoot. Definitely check it out. Awesome. Um, couple of announcements for everyone. Uh, first of all, uh, we are, uh, gotta say, little light so far in the submissions for our 2017 EOC logo contest. Um, for real? Yeah, for don't real? You think. I mean, we haven't had many submissions yet. So, again, this is an opportunity to have your art plastered, uh, on 52 episodes of one of the more popular comics podcasts in the land. Um, and, uh, you also get to, uh, if you want to get to come on board and sit in the fourth chair for an episode as well, um, as part of that. So, um, you should, uh, please submit your, your submissions, Vince. What are the, what are the artistic dimensions and parameters that they need? Just make sure it's square. That's it. That's it. Um, uh, preferably, uh, 300 DPI or more. Mm-hmm. But uh, just make sure that the proportions are square, and um, I would like them high resolution. That's it. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, in other fandom news, we are just a few weeks away from our annual Best of Award Show, the 11 O'Clockers. Um, we have multiple ways that you can get to the uh, Google um, polling website to vote. Uh, if you go to, um, you, you can go to straight through URL, which is tinyurl.com backslash EOC awards. That'll get you there. Uh, also, there is a tab on our brand new finagled web, relaunched website, 11o'clockcomics.com. That put a tab there for the 11 o'clockers that you can, you can get to it there as well. And remember, um, it's set up this year. I know those complaints last year. It's set up such that you need your email to create your voting, but the cool thing about that is when you go back and you log in and you type your email in, it'll bring up your ballot and you can tweak, change, add, whatever you want to do without having to go back and figure out, you know, without revoting or accidentally double counting or anything. So from a tech, a backend standpoint, it's much, much easier for us and much more pure. Um, so yeah, make sure you go out and vote because you only have probably two weeks left to get your votes in there. Um, and then, uh, and then last but uh, not least, please do tra- tra- not only traverse yourselves, but but uh, share the wealth for the website, 11o'clockcomics.com. Um, we're two weeks in, and we have uh, we have put up uh, each each managed to hit our deadlines and put up two 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 columns. We're, we're two for two each in our columns. How about that? Um, as well as some other content, but we've got lots of stuff planned. We're gonna we're gonna really. Start loading it up with content, not only our columns, but um, we're going to do some roundtable discussions and some different uh, profiles of creators, not just creators, but other people in the industry that we like, that we're friends with, that we think you all should know. Um, so there's lots of cool stuff that's coming. Um, crazy horror movie reviews as well from Vince. How about that? So make sure you go to 11oclockcomics.com and share that, share that wealth. Uh, and then last but not least in your travels, I'm not going to give you a comic to read. I'm going to tell you. That over the holidays, I would love for you to sit down and watch on Netflix if you have it. 
uh, the first two seasons of Young Justice because we've got a third season coming after many years of it, of the show being off the air. Wow. And uh, I watched Young Justice when it came out originally. Oh, so good. But uh, but I'm now watching it with my with my my kids, and they're loving it. They all they're all huge fans of Teen Titans Go, which is an amazing cartoon. But it's it's needless to say a true humor cartoon. Uh, Young Justice is a classic adventure cartoon, more in the veins of the of the Justice League and the Super Friends that that we all grew up watching. Um, and uh, it's it's awesome. We've watched the first four episodes, I think, of season one together uh, the last week or so, and it's just been a blast. And I would commend anyone either if you haven't seen it or you just should revisit it because we've got season three coming uh next year so coolness beautiful yeah merry christmas to everyone merry christmas merry christmas happy, happy related birthday jason oh thank you very much. oh yeah there's that yeah oh my god really? <laughs> yeah uh. <laughs> and we'll be back for a new year's celebration next week right we will all right, everybody. Thank you for being here with us yet again. If you loved or liked or even tolerated any bit of this, please do us a solid and leave us a review on the iTunes or a similar um, dispersal service. And as usual, say goodnight. Uh. Oh. Fucking guy. David. <laughs> I'm not doing the burp. Night. <laughs> no one would want to. No. Because it's just foul. Oh, stop it. <laughs> David. You got done nearly, you could barely contain your joy over a scene on a, a TV show involving a giant dick. <laughs> a dick. And you're, you have an issue with my burp. <laughs> we love you people. We really do. Come back next week. We'll be here waiting for you. With um, a hot or cold beverage, beverage, beverage of you, this beer. You know what? I didn't have the balls to open the chocolate peanut butter yet. So next week, tune in next week, and I'll open that chocolate peanut butter thing. Um, we love you so much. Say good night. Bye. We're out of here. Latest. Have a happy holiday. Go hug Holy somebody. Christmas. Yeah. Bye. You gonna say goodbye? Did say bye. We'll say it again. Again? Yes. Say bye again. Bye again. Say bye, bye again. again. Bye. Santa's on a diet. Now he has to eat shit instead of those stupid candy canes. It all started when he accidentally sat on one of his elves and farted and turned him into smelly elf soup. As punishment, he was forced into exile to a San Fernando Valley health spa where they forced him to take off his clothes and embarrass him and degrade him in front of his reindeer who fled in confusion and horror into the sky. Luckily, his famous white beard was long enough to cover his tiny penis, which had gone soft in the cold shower. Everyone had to leave the steam room, so Santa would have room to sit down. 
Some idiot threw him a medicine ball, but it bounced off his belly and knocked down the wall like the Battle of Gettysburg and the Battle of the Bulge. When he got home, nobody recognized him. Instead of a chimney, he could fit through a keyhole like a skeleton key. 